everybody need to come outside. Yo, if, if, yo this is us knocking on Ox's door. No, Chill. don't knock on the door like that. No, do not knock on the door. We outside. Yo, Ox, where you at, big fella? Yo, hey, big Ox, come to the window. Yo, what up, yo? I know you hear us calling you. What's up, big fella? Yo, Ox, we don't, we don't, we don't mean no harm, and we not gonna break in or anything like that. We just want to talk to you, bro. We we just got some things that we need to iron out, right, Damo? Absolutely. Um, I'm right behind. I'm right behind. Chill, banging on the door, throwing pebbles at the window. I gotta talk to Ox. Ew, big fella, come to the window. What up, man? Come on downstairs. We need to holler. I'm telling you, it's not that serious. We just, we just gotta, we just gotta check it. Wellness check. Wellness check. That's all we need to do, big man. We just need to holler at you. We got some things that we need to iron out. Um, Mars, I'm glad I got you on here this morning because I got a question for you. And I know that you guys want to talk about this real quick. Mars, why are guys afraid to accept the challenge? And I don't mean I, I don't mean specific guys. I mean coaches. Like Ewing didn't get switched on to Avery Johnson. David Robinson was his matchup. Shaq didn't get switched on to Eric Snow. Matumbo was his matchup. That's who he had to deal with. That's who Matumbo had to deal with. Why is why is Aaron Gordon dealing with Joker? I mean, why is Aaron Gordon dealing with Joel Embiid? You wonder why he got 17, 18 points in the first quarter. Because I got a 6'9 dude covering me. He can't cover me. And the idea if he covers him, well, he might get in foul trouble early. Well, ain't that part of it? Big Damo, that's like me getting in the ring with you and going, well, I ain't getting in the ring with Damo because if I get too close to him early, he might punch me in the face. Ain't that part of it? Um, well, Mars, did you want to go because he asked you first, or because I can answer it? It's, it's easy to me. Yeah, you can go ahead. I'll, I'll answer after you answer. Um, I mean, coaches now realize if you got a bad defender, why, why make him suffer? I don't. Jokic, Jokic can't defend Embiid. Aaron Gordon had a better chance. One, no one can defend Embiid realistically in NBA. He is unguardable. That size, that skill set, that ability, no one can guard him. But Aaron Gordon puts up a way better chance than Jokic. And I subscribe to the belief that in this era of basketball, it is very normal when you have a guy who does so much on offense, your coach might not want to work him as much defensively. In all honesty, we've seen that before with super offensive, talented guys. They're not working They're not working their tails off night in and night on the defensive end. Their coaches put a system around them that allows other guys to step up defensively while they carry the offense. Mm. I just um, think about – go ahead, Miles. I'm sorry. Oh, um. Yeah, Embiid also didn't guard Jokic. I'm just putting out that it was Tobias Harris and Nicholas Batum guarding him, and then for some reason they were switching Patrick Beverly on him. So nuts. So both teams weren't they weren't guarding each other. I just I don't want to just make it seem like Jokic ducked the matchup. He started on Embiid, then came off him pretty quickly. Um, but it's because it's not in the team's best interest to have Jokic guard Embiid. It's, it, yeah, for the spectacle. Yeah, that's what you want to see. But these coaches aren't here for your spectacle. They're here to try and win a game. Right. And if Jokic getting in foul trouble is a detrimental thing to your team, I'm not going to put my player at risk of being in foul trouble just so I can appease some fans who want to see that matchup. So they're looking at it from that perspective of, I know Jokic can't guard him. I also know Aaron Gordon can't guard him. But who would I rather lose to foul trouble? Jokic or Aaron Gordon? I'm going to rather lose Aaron Gordon. I'm not going to risk Jokic for that, for that sake. Also, Embiid didn't guard Jokic because Embiid is a better Roma than a post defender. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to have Batum and Tobias Harris on him primarily, then Embiid can roam off Aaron Gordon, who can't shoot, make his life easier. 
And that's what was so impactful. Part of the reason why Jokic only got one assist Aaron Gordon last night, because your Embiid as a Roma was that impactful. So I think it's just they care more about the overall success of their team than just having a matchup that fans want to see. Now, would I have liked to see Embiid guard Jokic and Jokic guard Embiid more? Sure. But I understand why it didn't happen. And that happens all around the league. I don't think we live in the 2000s where Kobe guards T-Mac, even though T-Mac didn't really guard Kobe. But Kobe guarded T-Mac or um, in the 90s, if you'd have Scotty Pippen guarding an elite wing like Grant Hill or MJ guarding Magic Johnson. We don't have that anymore. That's just not how the game goes. And most of the superstars aren't elite defenders anymore either. That's that's another thing. That so, it's despicable, right, Morris? That's I'd, ra I'd rather have the best players be elite on both sides of the ball. But if we're talking about elite on both sides of the ball, and not just elite in terms... Because Yanis is an elite defender to me. But one-on-one, -on -one, he's not an elite defender. He brings great value, help side, rim protection. But if we're talking about elite uh, man defenders or elite post defenders and elite offensive players, there's maybe two, three in the league? Maybe. Maybe Post you feel KD is elite after what you seen last night, but like no. elite man defenders and elite offensive players, you got. If you want to call Shea elite, I wouldn't. But if you want to call Shea elite, Kawhi maybe, maybe Anthony Edwards. It used to be like there's just not many of them left in the league. Jimmy Butler, if you, Jimmy Butler's fine. Like there's not many in the league anymore, and maybe that's a problem. Maybe it's not, but that's just how I think it is. I'm trying to really go there. You're right. He's not an elite. He's not elite offensible. He's not. There's, there's not many elite on both. Yeah. Well, it's pretty good, but I don't know about Bam. Elite. Yeah, elite. Not elite offensively, but Bam. I think he. I think he's becoming elite offensively. In all honesty, yeah. Bam, 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 if you if you if you're willing to throw Bam into that like tier of he might be elite offensively and he's definitely elite as a man defender, sure. But like we're kind of clutching at straws at, at that point. Well, two things. Number one, I think we're in the. I think we're in the prime years. I'm sorry, not the prime. The peak years of Bam. I think that these 20 and 10, this 20 and 10 year, I think that you could get another three, four years of this. But to your point, Mars, you said that if if I have the choice between Aaron, both Aaron Gordon and Joker, who I want in foul trouble, I mean, if we're talking about a defender, sure, Joker isn't the defender that Joel Embiid is. I think Joel Embiid is a better roamer than he is a one-on-one -on -one defender on the perimeter. I think he's a good defender on the box. I don't think he's a terrible defender on the box. Mm -hmm. I think he's a good defender on the box. But with that being said, if you don't want to get in foul trouble, don't foul. How about you? Do your homework on the guy. It's Embiid. It's Embiid. I'm, I'm sorry. Hey, hold that thought right quick. I, I forgot it's new rules here on the panel. It's it a new year, new rules, new whole infrastructure, institution that we're working on here. Speaking of institution, pimp named Slickback said, morning, fellas. Glad to see better. Glad, glad to see better everyone's back. I ran into Ben Simmons this morning in Chelsea. I was worried if he was in witness protection. Turns out. He's an IG model and has retired from the NBA. Actually, he has not. He just said he's coming back pretty soon. He, he did say that. Where's Chelsea? He, it's, in, it's, in, uh, it's in Manhattan. I didn't know you had one. It's in downtown Manhattan. It's not he's been coming bad. back for five years, I feel like. Now. Hey, Redemption Art. This year, Redemption Art. Redemption Art Part 2. <laughs> this year, yeah, we're yeah, the, the, the first one failed a little bit, but. Part two definitely gonna hit. Part two definitely. If you, ever, if you ever seen uh, if you ever seen Power with Ghost, where Ghost lives, that's Chelsea. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Anyway, that's how, that's that's where he's doing his model shoots and stuff like that. I guess I don't know. <laughs> but 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 to but to what we were just talking about, Mars. 
I understand that. I mean, Joel Embiid is impossible one-on-one. I, I will not argue that. That that has never been my argument. Joel Embiid is impossible one-on-one. I, as a big, however, at 6'10", at 7 feet, Joker is handsy. Not only is Joker handsy, Joker keeps his hands busy. Joker can move his feet. He's not an elite defender, Mars. He is going to try. And he can recover when he gets beat. Now, again, I'm looking to make things difficult on, on Joel Embiid. I'm not saying stop him. And when you got a big guy like Joker, I think that the refs would be more inclined to let these guys be a little bit more physical, not pushing guy, not pushing guy, not pushing guys over. But I think that they would be more. Now, hold on, Damo. What I'm saying is, is not fouling or anything like that, or pushing guys over. This is not 1995. No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, is you know, be a little bit more handsy, right? Getting a hand in a guy's face being a little bit more physical. That kind of stuff wears on a guy as the game goes on. When we get deep into the game, that 15-footer that you knocked down over Aaron Gordon in the first quarter when you got this kind of size advantage on him as opposed to Joker who's looking you right in your face, that rim doesn't look as close when you're in the late in the third quarter or in the fourth quarter. That rim doesn't look as close when you get a hand up. But I well, just chill. feel like – he doesn't on offense – who doesn't you know, on offense? Yo, he's a bully on offense. He throws his weight around. He leans yes, he on guys. Yes, he's, he a, he's super physical. He'll, yes, he, he, he he jumps all over you. He's laying all on you. He's he's yes. trying to beat you up. Why mm-hmm. not on the defensive end? And he could do that. And, and that that's that's my point. And I'm <clears throat> but the thing I'm wondering is would the officials allow that with that much physicality on both sides of the basketball? With because if they allowed that. I think that Joker would make it a little bit more difficult on him. Mars, what I'm not saying is I'm not saying that Joker can stop Joel Embiid. I am not saying that. What I am saying is that a body like Joker leaning on leaning on Joel Embiid throughout the game, putting hands on him, making it difficult on him, that wears on a big guy. That wears on a big guy. So when we get late in games, that 40 might look like instead of it being, I don't know, 12 for 17, it might be 12 for 26 or something like that. Mm. I, I feel like honestly the reason why it's not that is because A, the refs aren't consistent when they're calling it when they're calling uh certain matchups and calling games. That's one reason. Uh you might get a game or two where they let something slide, they let you they allow you to be more physical, but players can't trust that because that's not gonna be the same call every game. That's not gonna be the same way you're calling the game every matchup. So that's one thing. Secondly, in terms of why Jokic isn't on Joel Embiid or why we're not seeing more of that in today's game, because competition isn't enough to drive these guys to want to go at each other. Back in the day, competition was enough for me to be like, nah, it was enough for Kobe to be like, nah, I'm on T-Mac, I'm locking that up. That was enough. Today, competition alone is not enough for a guy to be like, nah, nah, nah. It's not enough for Ant to be like, I'm on Jason Tatum all night, and Tatum will be like, I'm on Ant all night. Competition is not enough for that. You need something else. They need extra. They need, they need Giannis to, to storm in and take the ball. They they need um, Draymond to well on somebody or kick somebody in the nuts. They need extra stuff to make it personal to take that challenge. Or the game need to be on the line. Something needs to happen. Kawhi needs to go on on, on the sideline during the series. After that, I got I got um I got into Kumbo. I got Giannis. We're switching up right now. As it happens mid game. I take that challenge. Then we'll see that. Then when the game's on the line, when stuff's on the line, stuff like that. We'll see somebody take the challenge. But for the most part in the regular season, nah, man, we're just trying to win. And the best way for us to win, put our best defender or the guy known as our best defender on their best offensive player, save our best offensive player to do our thing on offense. Because like Mars pointed out, Embiid's not guarding Jokic either. 
So why wait? Why wear our, our bad defensive guy or the guy deemed bad defensively if their guy who's supposed to be this all defensive player isn't even guarding him? It doesn't make sense. And so, in light of all of this, uh, we had an MVP clash yesterday. In case you missed it, the Denver Nuggets played against the Philadelphia 76ers. Obviously, Joel Embiid and Jokic going head to head. I was pleased with the matchup. I think I thought they both put on the show. I thought it was a good matchup between both teams. Uh, Joel Embiid went ballistic. How he's been doing? He's on a, he's on a tear right now. He had 41 and 10, uh, seven rebounds, and that is 10 assists. Nikola Jokic came with his 25, 19, didn't really get to involve facilitating. But who would you guys say? Let's say he won the matchup. Let's look. Who would you say? That, 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 was it clear? Embiid played better than, than Jokic. Okay. I think most people would agree with that. Um, I don't know how many offensive rebounds Jokic had, but 11. It was a lot. He had like 11 or 12. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. Like his 20 shots, like they weren't. Like Embiid, I don't know how many shots Embiid took, but I think they took a similar amount of shots. But Embiid shots is like you go to Embiid, he's gonna go score. A lot of Jokic shots were other people took a shot and he got a rebound and then got a putback, or he'll score if you have Patrick Beverly on him. He did that like three straight times. He weren't really looking to score, where which is like that's kind of what Jokic is. But that's that's why Embiid had a loud 40, whereas Jokic had kind of a quiet 25. That's kind of the, the deduction I have. He didn't. He wasn't really aggressive trying to score, but he still scored 25. Whereas Embiid was trying to score on every single person that was guarding him. And it worked. Although his 10 assists, there was a couple of assists he got where Batum just made a crazy shot or Kelly Oubre made a crazy shot. I'm like, I mean, you get an assist, but like, at the end of the day, that's not shot making. I'm like, that's not really playmaking. So I'm like, that's cool. And Jokic, all of his assists came in the first quarter, I think. I don't think he got an assist after the first quarter, which is not because he weren't passing. They just weren't making shots. Or they'd make the extra rotation, then Jamal Murray would get an assist, or someone else would get an assist. So I think Philly did a great job defensively to slow down Jokic's playmaking. But Embiid won that matchup, clearly. The thing I have a problem with is seeing the numbers and immediately thinking that, yo, Joel Embiid dominated Joker when he didn't really cover him that much. This is what goes back to me saying I would much rather see this matchup with these guys together, then I could have a better assessment. Don't get me wrong. Joker did cover Joel Embiid throughout the game, and he did do a good job on him throughout the game when he did cover him. It wasn't like every time he covered Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid scored on him because that's not true. And I also think that contrary to popular belief, he kicked Joel Embiid's ass on the backboard, kicked his ass. I think this is one of the biggest deficiencies of Joel Embiid when he goes up against bigger guys. I've seen him give up 15 rebounds to Anthony Davis. I've seen him give up 17 rebounds to Rudy Gobert. This is something that could be a problem in the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, Mars. Joel Embiid is buckets, and he's more looking to score, right, Damo? I think he's looking to score more when he gets the basketball. Joker, on the other hand, he's looking to get guys involved, and I think that that's more valuable than what, what Joel Embiid is doing. I'd like to see these guys – if can they play again next week? I'd like to see this matchup. I'd like to see it more frequently. We don't know if Embiid's going to play in Denver. He hasn't played. So maybe, maybe he'll play. I don't know. I'm not, I'm Joel, Joel, the same way we need Big Ox to come outside, we need you to come outside too. You better play yeah. in Denver. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not certain they play next time. It might be, it might be Jokic v. Paul Reed next week. It might be. Embiid's not guarding Jokic. Jokic isn't beating Embiid on the backboard. He's getting rebounds over Tobias Harris and Nicholas Batum. Embiid isn't boxing out Jokic because he's guarding Aaron Gordon. There was one rebound he got over Embiid that was very memorable. I remember that and then he kicked out for an open three. 
I can't remember who made it. No, Mars. No. 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 We just said two minutes ago and Bede wasn't guarding Jokic. And now we're saying Jokic was dominating Bede on the backboard when they aren't boxing each other out. It don't matter. It don't matter, Mars. That's the problem. Joel has to go get the ball. That doesn't make sense. How can we acknowledge he's not guarding and then say he's Okay, so... If I'm... If I'm... If me... If me and... If me and Damo are on a team and you and Chill are on a team... Mm-hmm. And Damo's guarding Chill, and Chill gets not, and Chill gets nineteen rebounds. My coach should be looking at me like, "Yo, go get the ball." That doesn't. Like, what that's fine. Saying? That's fine. I'm not saying Embiid shouldn't get the rebounds. I'm saying Jokic isn't killing Embiid on the rebounds if he's not battling Embiid for the rebounds. Why isn't he in there though, Mars? That's the problem. Why, I, I, I understand. Gordon. I do Except understand. But... Going, so if if Jokic is on this side over here, right, and Aaron Gordon is on this side with Embiid, right. and the ball goes to this side, Jokic is battling Tobias Harris. And Nicholas right. Batum for rebounds. And that's why he's killing them, because right. he's bigger than them and stronger than them and getting the rebounds. And then B is having to crash from the other side, which is right. making it more difficult even to get rebounds, which is, I'm right. sure, something Nick Nurse thought about and understood, hey, we're going to have to sacrifice some offensive rebounds if we're going to run Aaron Gordon and Joel Embiid as a matchup and not Joel Embiid and Jokic. He understood that. It was a trade-off. He accepted it. But to then blame Embiid for not getting the rebounds when we can see that Embiid isn't the one matching up with Jokic for rebounds, when we just acknowledge they aren't guarding each other, Kind of counterintuitive, in my opinion. Like, Which was Embiid should still get the rebounds, fine. But to say that he's killing Embiid on the backboard is not true, in my opinion. And can, well, real quick, can I just point out because it's not just up here in the chat too. It's nasty work how Embiid can go out there, drop forty, get the W, and we got people. But he really let Jokic get that many boards. Like, all right, bro. Like, what? The man won the basketball. At the end of the day, this is about wins and losses. Seven, seven rebounds. Won the game, seven rebounds. The game and out. dropped forty. I do understand that. Seven rebounds, though, big, big, the big take demo. Seven to take rebounds. To walk away from that game and be like, nah, we got to knock you for something. It's crazy to me. Like, and and, and I understand he that. He played great. He yes, he great did. Game. He was fantastic. Yes, he was. At that part, I'm not That part, I'm not going to argue. But he did give up. That. But as my as a five man, as a five man, one of my jobs is to rebound. Don't get me wrong. I do score because the offense does run through me. One of my jobs as a five man is to rim protect. It's to man the paint. It's to rebound. And to get seven rebounds in the game, Mars, I can appreciate your logic of him having to deal with Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is not Dennis Rodman. Aaron Gordon is not Charles Barkley. So once I see Aaron Gordon is 16 feet away from the basket, <clears throat> stick your nose in there and go get the basketball. Because I've got a big fella in here who's killing my guy, Tobias Harris. How about I get myself in there and help him rebound? Because 11 rebounds, 11, 11 offensive rebounds throughout the game, that could have been a detriment. Don't get me wrong. Jamal Murray didn't turn the basketball over until the fourth quarter. That's when he turned the basketball over. But these 11, the 11 offensive rebounds moving forward for other teams, well, if he can rebound against them, we can rebound against him too. Not just another five, man. This could, mm-hmm. this could be a problem moving forward. But uh, chill. I'm, I'm, but, but chill. All I'm saying is it's not like this is Mo Bamba or Bo Bowl getting 19 to 20 rebounds. Like a guy that's not – oh, we letting this guy who's not even a rebounder get all these boards, and this is crazy. Jokic is one of the – and let me make sure I'm not just chatting. I'm pulling up right now. Straight. I'm going to say, is he not one of the league leaders in rebounds? Right. We're talking yeah, about another straight. phenomenal he rebounder. Yeah. It makes he's sense. I, that's, yeah, Dumbo, he's that's, right that's above him. Point, he's four and Embiid's five. We're talking about two of the best rebounders in the league. All right, yeah. cool. As we've seen scheme-wise, Embiid was put in a position where he was getting less boards than – then Jokic, we understand the context of it. We know why it happened. It wasn't as simple as, oh, Embiid just, Embiid just got outworked by Jokic. No. Schematically, he was put in a situation to get less rebounds. He got more points, and he got the win. 
He outproduced <laughs> and he got the win. That should all that should yeah, but, be the only but thing. Dama, that's that's not that's not what we up here to do. We're not up here to just say, oh, this team won the game. Okay, great. We, we talk, we, we talk, we talk about different aspects of the game. We are gonna nitpick the final argument. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. That's okay. That's what you're up here to do. It's not. It's not nitpicking. It's not nitpicking. It's just talking about the game. You know what I'm saying? It's just talking about the game. Uh, the rebounds was brought up, and I feel and so. For instance, Damo, you know how when you playing when you playing not a two three. Let's say you're playing a three two zone, right? Let's just let's just break down to that. If we're playing a three two zone, I'm not guarding anybody. I have to win. So so the scheme is. I got this area, you got this area. Somebody comes through, we bump the cutters. I get the high post if the ball goes there. But when the shot goes up, you have to go get the ball. All rebound. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You have to go get the ball. That's all I'm saying. Like, I understand that the scheme was for for the bit for Joel, Joel to guard him and for you know whoever. It was different matchups. Mm -hmm. But I know that this man over here is a complete animal on the boards. I have to, I have to close out on my man. Hit him and go help. I have to go help him get stay off the glass. That's all I'm saying. If it's if it's just as simple as okay, you got your man on the boards, you got your man on the boards. We're just gonna watch. We can't play like that. But did and, and they did right? win, and, and they did win the game. And I'm, I'm very well aware of that. And you know, but on the rebounds, as we all know up here, rebounds can turn the whole tide of the game. And that's and I, don't, top I don't feel that. like we should be allowing that to happen. And on top of that, don't. Don't get me wrong, Mars. Yes, Embiid did crash the boards, but Joker shouldn't almost triple my production on the backboard. He should not almost triple that. Don't get me wrong, Damo. I can appreciate the fact that they won the game, right? I can appreciate the fact that they won the game, and he did go for 41. Well, he was making some free throws at the end of the game, so that 41 can be a little bit misconstrued, sure. He was getting unethical he was, 41. <laughs> I you know, Joel go get some unethical right. buckets. He was, you know, like, he, he was one for 3.5. I was crazy, but. <laughs> He was it was a little bit misconstrued. However, when you're talking about big guys, when I see a team, their big guy, Joe, not Joel Embiid, uh Ox, for example, Ox, he gave up 16 rebounds to this guy. My first thought process is we can rebound against him, not just you, big man. We can rebound against him. He can be had. So a guy like Aaron Gordon, who is not an elite rebounder. I can roam off of him and rebound more. Seven rebounds is not enough. I'll take 10 less points. I'll take 10 less points from Joel Embiid, that, that, that 40. I'll take 28 and 15 rebounds because I because what I'm doing is, as I'm taking away those second chance points, not only am I taking away those second chance points, I'm giving my team more opportunity on offense and giving them less opportunity and giving them more and giving them more stop having them have having them having to stop us more on defense. I'll take 10 less points from Joel Embiid if he gives me six, seven, eight more rebounds. I'll do that because I think that hampers their offense. Uh, Aaron Gordon right. himself averages three offensive rebounds a game. So he's a very good offensive rebounder because right. the Nuggets front line is very big and they do a very good job of crushing the offensive rebounds. So Embiid didn't have an easy job of Aaron Gordon. Also, if Embiid is boxing out Aaron Gordon or stopping Aaron Gordon from getting offensive rebounds as much as he can, and the ball goes to the other side of the rim, Embiid can't teleport. Like, he's trying to get rebounds. No. But if the ball's going towards <laughs> where Jokic is, and Jokic is battling with Nicholas Batum and um, Tobias Harris or Marcus Morris and whichever other wings they had on him, and Paul Reed, whenever that was the case, he can't magically get a rebound. He's not Dennis Rodman, who just seemed to appear everywhere. Like, he's not. So we have to, we can understand, we will watch the game. We can understand Embiid wasn't just leaking out, not trying to get rebounds. He was there. He was trying to get rebounds, and when the rebounds came to him, he got them. 
Same thing we can say for Jokic. He had one defensive rebound in the first half. One. Was he not crashing? Was he not doing his job? Or can we understand that Jokic was also having to play further away because he wasn't on Joel Embiid. He was having to play further away from the basket. And also, the Nuggets had guys like Michael Porter Jr. and KCP who had come down and crushed the, crushed the defensive glass, and that was helping them. But because he got a bunch of offensive rebounds, we can just let Jokic slide for getting one defensive rebound in the first half? Does it not matter that he's not getting defensive rebounds? Or can we, can we say, hey, Jokic needs to get better, get more defensive rebounds? Or yes, just 100%. Yes, he needs okay. the rebound. So like, my whole point is just like... I feel, you can you don't have to call it nitpicking because I understand we're talking about the game, right. but I think the context to the stats is important. I'm I'm a huge stickler for context, and I think there's context to why Embiid didn't get many rebounds in that game, and there's context to why Jokic didn't get many defensive rebounds in that game. There's context to why Jokic only had three assists. It's not like he wasn't passing the ball. Like there's just context to all these stats, and I think that's right. what's important. And the reason I brought up the assist because I saw someone say in the chat, "Are we not bringing up that Embiid tripled Jokic's assist? Jokic <laughs> still passed the ball better than Embiid in that game." Sorry to tell you, he still did. They just didn't capitalize off it directly, or they would make the extra pass, or they would miss the shot. Jokic still was a better playmaker in that game than Embiid. Embiid's still not a very good playmaker, despite the 10 assists. So, context. Uh, and I, I think right now is a good time to also say that Embiid's streak of having at least 30 points and 10 rebounds, it was at 16 games last night. Obviously, he didn't get 10 rebounds, so it ended last night, but he was tied with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, and anyone not named Will Chamberlain in NBA history with that. So he was on a tear rebounding, and last night, I guess you could say Jokic ended that streak. But he managed to get 10 assists, which was actually surprising. I was I was, I was, was pleased with that from Joel Embiid. And on top of that, I think Joel Embiid balled last night, and he has the NBA on notice right now. I think it's, it's a lot of eyes on, on Joel Embiid, and deservingly so. But that leads me to my next question. Wait, Ron, uh, real quick, real quick, because you, you, you said Jokic ended that streak. I don't think it's fair to say Jokic ended that streak. I think it's fair to say that Joel just didn't get the 10 rebounds. Why didn't he get it, though? I don't think it was because of Jokic. It was because of Joel. But yeah. That's all he ain't won the 10 rebounds. He was chilling. He got his points. He was chilling. As of right now, fellas, who's number one on the MVP ladder? And keep in mind, uh, I just read the MVP ladder yesterday. Let me share it with you guys right now, just so you can see what the NBA has as the MVP ladder at the current moment. And then you guys let me know if you agree with this as currently constructed. So you can see at five, you have Giannis. I'll start at 10. At 10, Kawhi, nine, Tyrese Halliburton, eight, Anthony Davis, seven, DeMontis Sabonis, six, Jason Tatum. Then you go to fifth. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo. Fourth, Luka Doncic. Three, SGA. Two, Nikola Jokic, and one, Joel Embiid. Is this consistent right now as stands? Mm-hmm. Looks right to me. They got the right five names. I must say, I would say in terms of names, yeah, I'm surprised. They're not doing the typical NBA narrative thing, so that's great. What's the typical NBA narrative? Appar- uh, usually, it'll at least be one of the teams, that one of the like best player on the best team thing. They'll throw one of those guys in there. But I'm not Jason seeing – He's not Jason, well, no, 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 I'm saying in the top five. I would assume they got, they got SJ at two, they got SJ at three. He's well, I was the, thinking one, uh, one of the, I would say a team that was the first seed, at least one of the first seed teams, would be oh. in the top five, not necessarily be leading it, but at least be in the top five. But I don't know about the races in like last year where it was in January and the year before that, where it was in January. Maybe it is a normal thing, and then by the end of the year, the winning factor kicks in. So, you, I like the it, thing about it is all, all the top teams are fairly close. 
So um, uh, it's it, it makes sense for Jokic to be up there, and obviously he's playing. It's Jokic, you know, you know the numbers and the way he's playing. Uh, SGA, they're obviously right there. Boston has the best record in the league. Um, the Sixers and the Bucks, they're they're right there on Boston's heels and on the on the Timberwolves' heels. But speaking of the Timberwolves, you're kind of right, Damo. I'm surprised that Anthony Edwards isn't there because he's averaging 26. They've for the most part been dominant this year. They've had they got big wins against some of these other teams. I'm surprised he isn't even in the top 10. Averaging 26 is and Anthony playing Edwards, defense. Is Anthony Edwards more valuable on that crew than Rudy is? Yes, in my opinion. Yeah. Because it's the difference I'd be, between being a better I'd be player willing to have the value. conversation, but I'm not in the mood to start talking about why Rudy Gobert's defense is so valuable. So I'll just say everything <laughs> else is more valuable. Because people, Mars, unfortunately, people don't want to have this conversation. Immediately, when you hear this kind of stuff, it immediately goes to the logic that Rudy is better than Anthony Edwards, which I'm asking, I was asking a simple question of is Rudy more, is, is Anthony Edwards more valuable? When I think about what Rudy brings to that team in terms of value, why they're at the top of the Western Conference. The first thing that you brought up, Ron, when you brought up Anthony Edwards, who you know how I feel about him. The first yeah, thing you yeah. said was, yeah, it's 26 a game. That's the first thing that you said. You didn't say anything else. You, you didn't talk about how good he was defensively. You didn't talk about his ability to distribute or anything like that, what he does in the clutch. Nothing. First thing you brought up was buckets. That's it. And I understand that this is a game where the idea is to put the ball in the basket, but there's so much more. To, there's so much more going on when you're talking about being the MVP. The MVP is the most the most valuable player to his team's success. The most valuable player is not, and sometimes it's the best player in the league, and sometimes it's not. That's where it gets misconstrued. So that's why I'm bringing up the question: Is Rudy Gobert more valuable on the Minnesota Timberwolves? Than Anthony Edwards. Now let me ask you this, Chilltown. I'll raise you that question with this question: <laughs> Is Derek White more important on his team for his team's success than Jason Tatum? We can have that conversation. We can absolutely have that conversation because he's more. And you know, how, you know how I feel about Jason Tatum, and in terms of him being a player. But when you're talking about a Swiss Army knife, whatever you need me to do, when we when some of these guys don't have it going, I can get us buckets. When you need a stop, I could get us a stop. I'll go stick my nose in there and rebound, even though Jason Tatum is the best rebounder on the team. I'll do that. I can distribute also. I can move around and play the one. I can play the two. I can play the small forward. So when you got a guy like that on your crew that's that valuable, you take him off the crew. Could we still win games? Yeah, we could probably still win some games. Would we be as good? No, we would not be as good if we didn't have this dude on our crew. No, we would not. Who, who are they better without, Showtime? I'm talking about the Timberwolves. Like do they do they have a do they have a chance to compete? They're not. They're, they're not the first. They, they don't compete Anthony without either one of them. Right. I don't think they need them. But if, I I don't think that they do. But they're definitely not in first place on that. They're definitely not in first place in the Western Conference if Rudy isn't on that crew. Definitely. Yo, Chilltown, you you, you brought up Rudy a word does. that resonated with me. You said Swiss Army knife. So now I gotta ask if the NBA had an award called Mister Swiss Army knife. Would Derek White be first place in that, or would you would you give it to somebody else? Most so essentially, what he what what what, what you're asking is who's the most versatile player in the NBA? Yeah, who does the most for their team 
all around. Like on any given night, he could lead us in assists. He could he he could be one of our better rebounders. He could go out and score thirty. He's gonna guard the other player. He's gonna Giannis. basically that's he not, makes that, us go. Like Giannis, he, he might not like be Giannis. our engine, but he's the oil in our engine. That sounds like Giannis Antetokounmpo right there. That's what that sounds like to me. That sounds like Giannis. Sound like Alperen Sengun. Until you until you brought up defense, it sounded like Jokic. I was about to say that too. He he brought up defense. yeah. Until you brought up defense, yeah. I was about to start pushing some Sengun. Yeah. Propaganda. I was like, but Sengun. Yeah. I think it's. I, th- I, I, I do. I do like think you can say like with guys like Derek White, you can acknowledge the value they have without then questioning if they have more value than the best player on the team, because then you kind of open them up for scrutiny, which I don't think they deserve. I think we can acknowledge Derek White is tremendously valuable without trying to push him to maybe be more valuable than Jason Tatum. I just think we. Un- I think we should all understand unanimously he's not more valuable than JT, but then also understand. He's providing tremendous value, especially for how much he makes and his role on the team. I don't think you can find a more valuable fourth best player. I don't think you can find but, that. But can't you say the same thing for Rudy Gobert? Yeah, that, it, it would apply to Rudy Gobert. But although I would say, I think Rudy Gobert has a stronger argument to be more valuable than than Derek White does over Jason Taylor. Just from the fact that the Timberwolves have the best defense in the league and they have like the 19th, 18th best offense in the NBA. Now, I'm not saying Rudy's the only reason they're the best defense in the league. Of course not, because Ant's a great defender, J-Mac, and Rudy Gobert himself. But we can understand Rudy Gobert's value to anchoring that defense. His uh, tremendous value as a rebounder, offensively and defensively. Sets very good screens, too. Like, he just provides a lot of great value to that team, and you could make the argument more strongly for him than you could for Derek White. Now, I'm fine with Anthony Edwards being the most valuable player on that team. But I think offensively, I think he gets maybe a bit too much credit for like the birds, and he seems to people think he's carrying when Carl Anthony Towns is right there next to him, having a hell of a season. And I'm like, it's not just Ant there offensively. Kat is doing a hell of a job offensively, and people seem to just be brushing past him because they don't believe in him in the playoffs. But I think Kat's having one of the better seasons of his career. So shout mm-hmm. out to you, Kat. I like what you're doing. Yeah, we have an immediate super chat. Two of them actually. Honorable said, by this logic, why isn't Draymond? More valuable than Curry. I At one point in time, I mean, I say at one point in time, that was an argument people would have. They would say Draymond is. I definitely, when it came down to the big three, who's more important? A lot of people would say Draymond's the most important because of everything else that he was doing for that team to get him going. Like that was a conversation, which is insane. But conversation. Big odds. Big odds. Under, we got to understand the difference between better player and more I, valuable. I, I, I understand completely. Scotty okay. Pippen was I'm, not I'm, a I'm, better I'm, player than Michael Jordan. No, he was not. Nor was but he what, more valuable. I, it, so, I'm not, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that he was more valuable neither. However, do you the value that Scott, the, the value that Scotty, the value, <laughs> the value that Scotty Pippen brought to the Chicago Bulls, the burden that he took off of Jordan. The same logic goes for the Minnesota Timberwolves. You just brought it up. You just brought it up, Miles, when you talked about defense. How much more aggressive am I on the wing when I got a guy like Rudy Gobert behind me to clean up my mess? How much more aggressive am I? How much more am I willing to go for steals? How much more am I willing to rebound when I got a big guy like Rudy Gobert that's man in the paint? When I got a guy like that as opposed to somebody in the paint that doesn't really rebound. like Yeah, like, but like, chill, we talking about Steph and Draymond. That's like this is not that. Oh, I'm not. Uh, I, when you, when you talk about Steph and Draymond, we're talking about a primary ball handler in in Draymond who facilitates the offense and does everything that he does. I mean, don't get me wrong. 
Steph is the better player, 100%. And what he brings offensively, I don't think that's a question. But I can't diminish how valuable Draymond is. I will not. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to I will not that do that. that. No, especially in those older those those past days, especially from 16 to 19 or or 15 to 18 or whatever. I, I, yeah. I'm not going to diminish how important Draymond Green is, right. but I'm definitely not going to have the conversation that he was as important or more important than Steph Curry. Can't I can't do it? I'll happily put him number two on that team though. Not with KD, but Steph Clanger, he, he's number two in my opinion. Masink OG and Mars, you're gonna hear about that during the second half of the show. Something tells me I get a weird inclination. But uh Masink OG said, What is everybody's favorite obscure genre of a player? For me, shot blocking guards and playmaking bigs. Also, welcome back, fellas. Hope y'all are having a great New Year's. Offensive rebounding wings. I was gonna say uh rebounding guards. Yeah, that. Any any small people or smaller people who rebound, so like Josh Hart, Tari Eason, Russell Westbrook. I know not Russell Westbrook for them, but Russell Westbrook, like those those type of people. Like if you smaller and you be crashing crashing the glass, very I like this or dunking too. little man, like a little guy that can dunk. I'm talking like Spud Webb, little like anomaly, like oh my god, this guy's really five seven, but jumps out the gym. Those are my favorite guys too. A big man that can make free throws. That's a big deal. The fact that that's obscure is crazy. I know it is because, you know, <laughs> a big man that can make free throws, that's a big deal. I mean, Rudy Gobert shoots 66% from the strike. Shout out to Joel Embiid, man. What, what does Joel Embiid shoot? Something like 81% from the strike? Something like that? I mean, it has to be higher than that. I think last night he had a bad game from the free throw line. Let me let me look up. He's at 88%. So he's almost 90% from the strike. I mean, a big guy that can shoot free throws... That's a big deal. That's a huge Shaq deal. would have 30,000 points if he can make free throws. I'm about to say, is this era of bigs the better shooting era of bigs from the free throw line? From better shooting in general, yeah. Just better just shooting. in general, on average? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Joker, uh, Embiid, Anthony Davis, Cat, Porzingis. Bam, Porzingis, Sabonis. Yeah. Mars, I got I to gotta rewind for a second. Joel okay. shooting 88%. Isn't just crazy because he's just a big. It's crazy because he leads the league in scoring. That's so one of the main like, reasons why. How many? I mean, he leads the league in three throws made. He leads the league in free throws made. How many? How many free throws does he average a game? He takes twelve and makes ten and a half. Like think about that. A dude that averaging thirty five a game of almost a third, one out of every three of my points is from the strike. Unethical. I'm t- <laughs> so. So what you're trying to say, Dabo, is uh, <laughs> Joel is the leader of the unethical department in the NBA? Honestly, I mean, Joel Embiid. He's not the leader. Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid and James Harden are the face are the faces of unethical basketball. In another 10 or 15 years, <laughs> in another 10, 15 years, we're going to have an era of kids who literally come up through the free throw line. They're like, yo, I averaged 50 in high school, and 25 was from free throws. I was inspired by Joel and James Harden. Unethical Mars. basketball, man. Be, nah, be clear, Mars. Guys, don't, don't, nah. Don't, don't forget, Mars, when y'all played Philly on, I believe it was Sunday when y'all played Sunday. Did y'all play Philly? Monday, Monday, Joel, Monday. Monday, Joel Embiid had 26. Just so you know, 11 of that 26 came from the strike. I yeah, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not against Embiid. Be I'm just saying, maybe there's one person who'd be getting away, two people really, but one person in particular, who'd be getting away with the fact that he'd be a free throw merchant. And it's because he don't average a lot of points. And it's Jimmy Butler. For <laughs> like four years... 
He's averaged like 21 a game and like eight of them have been free throws. Like more than a third of his points have been from the free throw line. But because he don't average 30, he just began, everyone just lets him slide. A third of his points are free throws for like the last five years. And everyone just be letting him slide because he don't average 30. Jimmy Butler, I'm on to you, sir. You one of the lead leader in unethical buckets, but you just be letting him slack if you don't average 30. Like. Why, why get into the why is getting to the stripe unethical? I don't understand. I I, I, no, I no, understand. No, no. Like I can understand. Getting to the stripe is not unethical. Getting to the stripe is not unethical. I promise you it's not. But putting up this 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 false narrative around your scoring ability, and now you're being put in conversations with different guys who is like, I looked at that game last night. You go back and look, Jokic, 25 points. Three main free throws. He was really out there getting buckets. Like he, the buckets he did get, it was quiet. But those was all his buckets. Honestly, when you go back and look at some of these games, like I'm gonna go look right now. Paul George had 38 last night. How much of those came from free throws? Because he led the game in scoring by by a mile. I want to say. I want to say the next yeah, highest was J Dub with 25. Uh, and just in totality of the game, I want his team. Totality of the game, J Dub was 25 on the other team. He definitely led his team. Paul George, six free – wait, no, no, no. Two free throws. Ethical. Ethical <laughs> game. 38 making two free throws, two for four from the line. He was out there getting buckets. Well, and that's what people say. is what it sounds like. Nah, nah, nah. Make it sounds like he, it sounds yeah, like he was say, make he only had four, he, he, only, he shot four free throws. Okay, he should have had 40. He finished with 38. That's fine. Ethical buckets. All I'm saying. Uh, but the best score is foul. Come on, I seen Joel and B take jump shots last night and look at the ref like I'm like, yo, yo you're, shooting a, you're shooting a jump shot and it was hardly contested. Where was the foul? You're you're crying for every foul call? Everyone. Every, yeah, every, I every, every, I want the foul. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't Mark, see the foul. Mark, you play through a little bit of contact. Last night were ethical, other than like one where yeah, Drew foul on MPJ. He, that was out. That's not a foul. Nah, he got a he got an and one, and B got an and one last night on a. Aaron Gordon. On, on, on Aaron Gordon when he got hit on the he got hit on the hand. The reason why these dudes look at the ref on every trip is because they ain't used to playing through contact. That's why. And by the way, Damo, the best scorers, sure. the best scorers, Jordan, KD, James, Bryant, they average something like nine, eight, nine free throws a game. So that's not like you know, these it's not like these dudes <laughs> is going Kobe to be. He might be the line. only one where I, he weren't really getting free throws. Jordan was Oof. You want to talk about free? Mm, I'm not gonna say free. free I'm not gonna Call offend you. Is, no. If you want, if you want to talk about someone who was getting to the line, there was there was MJ was getting to the line. Fellas, hold on, right quick. I got I got to read the super chat. I I got I got something I got to say to that. I know Ox, dude. Just hold hold on. We're gonna come right back to that conversation. Assad R said last night Nuggets should have played and be straight up. Using AG messed up the Nuggets defense and switches, giving up way too many open threes. It's too different from their normal defense, and it showed. They did the same thing last year, Mars. When they played uh, Aaron Gordon on on Joker, they played they played they played Aaron Gordon on uh, Joel Embiid, and PJ Tucker was covering Joker last year. And Embiid goes for forty eight, and the logic is Embiid cooked Joker. When in reality, that wasn't even his. Even though it was his matchup, they didn't have him on him the entire the majority of the game. I just I just think it's the regular season you trying to make postseason level of level adjustments it's not going to be seamless <clears throat> now if they played in a if, if somehow they met in the finals i'm sure they would try something else but they'd actually have worked on it more their rotations would be crisper they'll be sharper you won't give up as many open threes one pass away but when you're doing it in a regular season you don't have time to just solely focus on this game because you just come off a game two nights ago and for philly they just came off a game the night before against us back to back like you you're not going to be seamless in how you're trying to execute because it's the regular season. That's why the playoffs is different. 
and that's why some people struggle to postseason adjustments. Yeah, but still, I, I, it's the it's the NBA where I just can't get with the the roaming defender idea in the NBA. I don't think it works as well at this level of basketball as it does in lower levels of basketball, whether it be college, high school, AAU, whatever. You know what I'm saying? You you could get you could get away with that. In the NBA, I just don't believe that it's as effective as people think it is. I think it works better. That's fair. Why does it work better, Mars? When you're talking about a Roma, right? So when you're talking about an era, or not just an era, you're talking about a, a league where there's a legal defense. So Roman is at a premium because there's certain mm -hmm. things that I can and can't do. Why is roaming better now than it is in college where I can just be all over the place? Because uh, my, my theory is with how skilled the best offensive players in the league are, so Lucas, Steph, Jokic, Embiid, no matter who you put on them, they are going to break down the defense and create an advantage. So if you have Jaden McDaniels on Luka Doncic, can he do a good job? Yes. But more often than not, Luka Doncic is going to get into the team T for the defense, force collapse, force the defense to collapse, force rotations, yada, yada, yada. Now, if you have an elite Roma, you anticipate the collapse of your defense and he can cover up a lot of those mistakes because it's going to happen against these high-level NBA players because that's just how good they are. LeBron James is going to create an advantage. Steph Curry, KD, all of them, they're going to do it. Now, in college, why I think is different, you don't have that many high-level players who are going to create an advantage play after play. So man defense, in my opinion, is more important because if you have an elite point-of-attack defender on someone who isn't Luka Doncic, that can stifle the team's best offensive player because they don't have the all-world players that the NBA has. I don't think if you put an elite level point of attack defender on the best offensive players in the league, it's going to slow down the offense enough to where it's going to be impactful. But if you have an elite level Roma who can stop the bleeding on the actual fact that he's going to collapse your defense time after time, I think you can get away with it. Now, the ideal is have an elite point of attack defender and an elite Roma, but not many teams have that. But I think just in the NBA, I think it's more impactful to have someone who can cover up the inevitable mistakes than have someone who might make, make less mistakes on the ball but still make a bunch of them anyway. I don't even think it's mistakes. I think just the great offense beats great defense. I think that's what it is. I don't want to call it mistakes. Great offense beats great defense. So if you have someone who can plug up the great offense beating the great defense, I think that you can do better than someone who doesn't get beat as much, but still gets beat 85% of the time. What it sounds like is it sounds like a, a, a roaming linebacker. So what I am is I'm a spy more than anything. I'm not going to mm -hmm. stop the run. I'm not going to dropping coverage i'm solely I'm, I'm focused on the quarterback and i'm focused on what this guy's doing so i don't want him to run all over the place but i'm i'm still doing my job where i'm still going to stop the run i'm still doing my job where i am going to drop in coverage from time to time but for the most part i'm keeping my eye on this guy and i'm roaming around and i'm not doing one thing specifically that makes sense i can get with that logic sure yeah and roaming isn't just being away from the ball like you have to be an like there's a lot of people who be roaming and don't know what they're doing like you have to be not just on time to rotate you have to be early to rotations that's what i was asking you Mark. yeah, yeah that's the yeah, reason right not there just roaming for the sake of roaming yeah, legal defenses in the nba stuff like that that's why i was asking because in the nba the rules are different so i can't just sit in the paint and just mm -hmm. watch the point guard right i can't just come on the, i'm on the weak side of the basketball while i'm on the weak side of the basketball i'm coming into the lane like you can do in college no i, I got a guy who, in luca who, while I'm watching him and I'm not watching my man, he'll throw the ball right by my ear and he'll get the ball right to the guy in the paint. So that's why I was asking about the because of the rule change, because of the rule difference. And, and that's why, but that's why uh, for me, 
specifically when you got a guy that's a, a pretty decent passer. Like if he's just a score, it's cool. But when you have a guy that's a pretty decent uh, passer, I'm I'm looking at ball pressure. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's a very important part of defense is me getting my hands active, making it hard for the person to pass the ball. So when you got the when, when you got the, somebody with the the ball pressure, it makes it it makes more sense to me to not not just not like blitzing, but mm-hmm. send send the double at certain spots. Like if he gets too deep when he turns when he turns his back, that's when we send we send the help from the weak side. We we send we're sending help. We're digging. You know what I'm saying? We might not be doubling, but you know we're, we're digging off him. And when you have the better defender, I feel like it just makes it, it makes for an easier defense when you have guys that are, you know, more just just you see so much lackadaisical defense. You know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like if, if if I'm if I'm playing on this weak side, and I'm just being lackadaisical, then it's just we're, we're going to get broken down. So you gotta, I, I'm I'm more with the man up. You get your man. We we're going to send you help because this because like Mar said, these guys are so skilled. You know what I'm saying? Eventually, if you let, if you just let them work, they're gonna get something off. So that's why I, I feel like we gotta dig on them, or when they get when they get to a certain uh, spots, when a certain spots on the court, we know okay, mm-hmm. now the help is coming. If he turns his back, we're sending the double from a, from a different angle. Though you know, to me, it's just I think it's a little more effective. So if Luca is backing down um, KCP, right? Luca's mm-hmm. on the right side of the wing and he's backing down KCP, which he does, and yeah. he's on the right side of the wing and he's backing down KCP. And the double comes, can't come from Luca's weak side because that's on the baseline. That gives Luca way more vision right. to see right. everything. But we're coming right where Luca is. So I don't know. We're not going to double with MPJ. We're going to double with, uh, let's say, Brown. We double mm-hmm. with Brown, but we double hard as opposed to we're, we're, we're going to double, but then we're not going to double. Because a guy like Luca, if you try to blitz him, I mean, he's going to see that coming. Right. He's going to see that coming. And immediately he's going to make an adjustment. So how do you handle that with him? Right, you that, that's and that's what I'm saying. You just got to play up. You just got to you just got to play up. Man. You, you got and you got you got to die. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You just got to die. But for, 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 for instance, like my um the best the best example to me was Dirk Nowitzki. Like it, it was Dirk Nowitzki. It was like you can't send a double to Dirk because that's to Dirk double. That's one on one. I'm not tripping off that. I'm shooting over the top of that. But I can't I can't put my second best defender on him in. To, to Marshall's point, because I, I'll definitely subscribe to that way of thinking, where he's going to cook him anyway. I might as well let my best defender guard their second best player, and maybe we'll shut him down. You know what I'm saying? So it, it depends. Like with, with a guy like Dirk, I'm not I'm not really sending no double at you, but I have to put my best defender on you to try to slow him down. You know what I mean? So it's when you got and that's two guys on on, on from the the Mavericks. You know what I'm saying? Like Dirk, Luca. These guys are so skilled offensively. We got to do something, but I'm not going to put my second best or third best defender on him. No way. Yeah, but I've, I've always, this is like a philosophical way. Sometimes I just be bored and be thinking about things in my own mind, just about how I feel about basketball. So inner workings of Mars mind here. Um, I was thinking, because like, I think most of us agree, if a player draws a double, they've created an advantage for their team in some way or another, if they're able mm-hmm. to capitalize on it. But if there's, a, if there's a scorer who's so, if there's a scorer who's so great, like Dirk, for example, who we acknowledge even over a double team, it's more likely, it's more than likely he's probably going to score anyway. So you don't want to waste resources double teaming someone that's futile. Mm-hmm. But KD kind of applies in this way as well. But are they being, are them being so great at scoring that they don't force the extra attention? Does that then in turn make them less effective than someone who they feel can be more successful being doubled? For example, Steph Curry, 
where teams are going to blitz him to get the ball out of his hands and it creates an elite offense for other people. But if he weren't being doubled, he wouldn't create the fours on threes, blah, blah, blah. So is him being so great at scoring that he doesn't draw doubles because teams are like, there's no point us doubling him, then creating less for his teammates. Is that then hurting his overall value compared to someone who they feel is worthwhile doubling, but he's not as good as the other guy? Does that make sense? Am I explaining it? Yeah, well? I, I get what you're saying. I think that's more about efficiency. If if I'm score, if, if that guy can score efficiently, then I think he's I think he's cooking that defense. You know what I'm saying? Like I I, I like I'm fine with that. But I you know if you want if you're just a chucker that you you're depending on you're depending on shooting a lot of shots instead of just being efficient with the shots that you get. Then in that case, I'd agree with you and say that you're actually being a hindrance to your team. Like when Steph and KD played together, because that's what really I was thinking about. Like, because I'm a big practitioner. Steph was drawing the main defensive attention. Teams are trying to stop Steph, not trying to stop KD. But were they trying to stop Steph because they think Steph is better than KD, or were they were they selling out to stop Steph because they knew they couldn't stop KD? That's so why waste the reason? So like Definitely. I I I'm, I've been thinking about because I'm like I'm everyone knows I'm like Steph is better than KD even when they were both on the Warriors Steph was better because teams Tyron Lue said we were selling out to stop Steph even when KD was on the court but maybe yeah. they were selling out to stop Steph because they were like Steph's smaller he struggles with double teams more you can maybe slow him down more than KD with a double team you know you can shoot right over the top maybe it's not because Steph's better maybe it's because we think we have more of a chance of stopping Steph with a double team than stopping KD I'm, with a double I'm team. I'm 100% sure that that was the case, Mars. And on top of the – and to your point, Mars, how much more chaos does he cause? I, I would rather – I'll eat a, a three-pointer from, from Durant more than I will from Curry when I'm double-teaming him because Curry is all over the place. And what he's going to do is he's going to scramble my defense. So in addition to me doubling him, I'm doubling him all over the place. So now not only am I going to not only am I going to leave Curry, not only am I going to leave Durant open, I'm also going to leave Klay Thompson open. I'm going to leave other guys open for layups and things like that. That's going to completely scramble my defense as opposed to if I can just stay committed to Curry as much as I possibly can and maybe double KD and I can get I, – I, I, I'll eat buckets from KD as opposed to, to Curry because he's going to scramble my defense and we'll be all over the place. Yo, fellas, uh, it's a good time to go ahead and tell everybody, go check out www.playerschoicemerch.com. <laughs> go grab you some good merch. Um, it's a new year. should get you some new merch. Also, as you can see, it's a couple new things that we got going on right now. $25 Super Chats to change the topic. So if you got tired of us talking about Joel Embiid and Jokic, if you wanted us to talk about, I don't know, Bruce Bowen versus Ron Artest, that's a good topic, by the way, we would have changed it to that. So go ahead and be, be aware of that. Also, $10 Super Chats to answer your question right now. We're doing that. That's what we're on right now. Send, mm -hmm. send through a $10 Super Chat. We got you. Also, tonight on Playback, we will be watching a game. You guys be sure to tap in. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the game that we're watching, <laughs> hold on, let me dig this up. Let me dig this up. Uh, what game are we watching tonight? Oh, the Mavs and the Lakers at 8.30 Eastern time. That's what we'll be watching on playback. So y'all be sure to come check us out. Go over there. The last one we did on Monday, it was elite. This one is going to be elite. Um, All right, y'all. Uh, You see the title of the show, New Year's Resolutions. Chat. We all got New Year's resolutions and, and expectations for players, expectations for teams, expectations for, I don't know, coaches, referees, everybody. But I want to hear from you guys. Who are the players 
that you guys need this year to ball out or to just live up to the expectations that you have for him. It could be a player. It could be a team. It could be a coach. It could be a combination of guys. It could be the Suns big three, for instance. But I got to hear from you guys, Damo. I'm, 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 I got to ask you first. What are your New Year's resolutions? Um, oh, man, for me, I'm not going <laughs> on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm giving up on loser basketball, man. I'm gonna just let these loser teams just remain at the bottom. You know, just enjoy them in silence. I, I've learned my lesson. You out now, Mo? I'm, I'm not out. I'm just not going to put – I'm not going to just throw everybody – I'm not going to throw all the young teams in everybody's face, man. I'm not going to do that. Another uh, another one I'm, I'm going to have this year. Hey, man, I'm going to stop blaming, blaming everything on Darvin Ham. It's not all Ham's fault. Man. Not everything is his fault, Damo. It's not, not everything. God damn, Damo. Not it's not all on Darvin, no. man. Man. It, it's not all on Darvin. Don't get me wrong. I can still put some blame on Darvin, but it's – hey, whole front office, the whole coaching staff, everyone gets blamed until I know what's going on because I'm not in the locker room. I'm not in the meetings. I'm not in the lineup management uh, meeting. I'm not none of that. I don't know what's going on. So I can't sit here and, with a good conscience and good faith just blame the lump when I genuinely don't know. It could be all Rob Lincoln fault for all I know. So until the documentary come out, man, I'm blaming everybody equally on that coaching staff and in the front office, not just the lump, man. So what you're trying to tell me is you don't have a personal vendetta against the lump anymore? Listen, man, I, if I see the lump, I'll hug it. I'll hug the lump <laughs> if I see it, man. I, I, I'll hug the lump, give a little <laughs> give a little shine, you that's know. Ron, that's broke, brother. Hey, next Lakers game I go to, I'm going to sit there with my hands in my pockets the whole time in solidarity. Let's all put our hands in our pockets. Ron, we, 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 you know? Ron, we went from terrorists to actually giving you a pound and hugging you and, and, and accepting you now. That's growth, brother. I, I think we've moved on. That's I do. Damo, that's, that's crazy. I, I didn't know a New Year's resolution could do that. It can turn you from Osama bin Laden to Gandhi. I, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm yeah, that's March. He said he's gonna hug the lump. That's well, we all we all yet. we all got some never mind. Let me leave, let me leave Gandhi alone. Let me leave Gandhi alone. Keep, keep it moving. All right. Well, you got the floor now, Ox. Who me? Let's your, yeah, let's hear your New Year's resolutions. Uh, I ain't even want to do this, Ron. Why not? Because I realize, like, I'm I'm being a hindrance to myself and the love for basketball. I feel like the, my outlook on basketball now is actually hindering the love for basketball that I had. Um, so I'm going to stop. I'm going to cut it out. <clears throat> and I'm going to just embrace. I'm just going to embrace what basketball is. Um, my, my New Year's resolution is to love players that don't play defense. Going against all your beliefs is crazy, but I how did you know. get to this? I want to know what yo this well because bro, I, love, yeah, I, I, love, I didn't expect this either today, Chad. I, I, I love think. I love hoop, Brian. You know I love hoop, but I'll just and you and you know what? Another thing because it wasn't just that. I'm gonna also I'm gonna also also love basketball when the ball doesn't touch the paint. When when people when people when people give up wide no, open uh, when, when people give it. up wide open layups to get oh to a contested God. three in transition, oh I'm gonna God. clap for that. I'm gonna clap for contested threes in transition instead of wide open layups. I'm oh. I'm, I'm embracing I'm embracing 2020s. It's the 2020s. I'm, I'm, I'm embracing what basketball becoming, bro. 
He's embracing that. bad basketball is what he's Oh, saying. he's Ox is killing me over here. Ox, you just took some years off my life with that one, brother. You did. So you can't oh do it. God. Oh my god. I got to. Oh. I want I want to I want to love basketball again. I want to pretend oh. like it's I want to pretend like it's 2007 again, you know? Oh. You sound like that. You sound like that dude. I love you. If you only smoke crack once a week instead of every day, <laughs> it, 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 I, 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 I'm going to resign myself to the fact that you're a crackhead as long as you just cut down on it. I can't. No. So we ration like rationing a crack is crazy. That's exactly what we're doing, big ass. That's what we're doing right now. I can't, yo. I can't. No. I can't do it. Ox, do you have no. anything else? Is, is was was that it for the most part? I mean, yeah. What else is there? You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to. I'm, I don't. I don't want to change them. I want to change myself. I'm gonna hold my look. Look myself in the mirror and become a better, a better basketball analy- uh, uh, analyzer or whatever you call this. Now that's really big of you. That's really big of you. That's really big of you because a lot of people in your situation they wouldn't realize they're the problem. They'll just keep blaming the game. Damo and Ox taking big steps in 2024. Major growth on the panel. Well. Half the panel, so well, a fraction of the panel so Start far. And crap. Let's let's keep it moving. Let's see if everybody else is growing this year. Um, Chilltown is. Are you rationing anything? Yeah, I got to accept what the league guard is today. John Stockton, just like I accept the fact that Shaq and Olajuwon and David Robinson, as much as I miss those guys, they're gone and they're not coming back. So I got to do the same thing and accept the fact that Stockton, Magic, Isaiah. Chris Paul, those guys are gone. And I got to accept what the lead guard is today. And he's more of a scorer, less of a distributor. And that's what the game is today. I do have to accept that. Unfortunately, it's going to take some time, but I got the whole year. So it's not like I got to do it in a week. I, mm-hmm. I, I have the whole year to accept this. And Julius Randle got to play better in the playoffs, man. Big fella. Come on, big fella. You got to play better <laughs> in the playoffs. Come on, you the difference in the reason you the difference why y'all not winning in the playoffs. You are you play better, you guys win. You, Julius Randle, you, you gotta play better in the playoffs, B. You that's your resolution. You gotta play better in the playoffs. You do, yes, yes. The first one, how are we gonna have a dude? How are we gonna have a dude who is that good, who's an all pro? Who basically goes in the tank in the playoffs? I, who, who goes from this to this? I have never seen that in my life from an all pro. In all the years I've been watching basketball, I have never seen an all pro consistently in the playoffs go from this to this. No, I agree. I just that. I just didn't know that could be a resolution. Yes, man. <laughs> when, 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 you know how I feel about the all pro demo? You know how I feel about accolades and right. all pro. And when you are all pro, you are held to a different standard. You're not just a good player. You are you are the best of the best. And when you're the best of the best, you have to play like that, especially when it's a debt, especially when it means your team winning and losing. And I'm not a Knicks fan, but I'll be damned if I watch the New York Knicks get the number four seed or the number three seed and flame out in the first round of the playoffs because their best players suck. You got to play better, B. You have quick, to. Quick question, Chilson, on your resolution. Would you have thought, 20 years ago, would you have thought that the league guard in the NBA would turn into a bunch of Allen Iversons and Gilbert Arenas 20 years ago? Like, thinking league guard, would you have thought, out of everybody I'm watching in this game in 04, 
AI in Gilbert Arenas is the that's face the future, of the future. The future. Would you future have thought that? No, absolutely not. You could not have sold me that. But Damo, you got to remember though, these guards, that's what they grew up on though. That's a fact. That's factually that's true. true. You know what I'm saying? Our, our AAU coaches start letting us wear extra large shorts when we was five foot two. You know what I'm saying? Start letting <laughs> let us walk up the court doing this shit. You know what I'm saying? That, hey, our AAU coaches was all for that. So like, shit, come on, let's play ball here. <laughs> Uh, Mars, before we get to you, Tito El Bandito said y'all's fantasy starting fives, but cannot include Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, or Jalen Green. Jaylen you see Green. the company Jalen Green's in? Mm, interesting. Elite yeah, company. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Hey, my, fan, my fantasy starting five, none of them will be in it anywhere. So what's your fantasy right. starting five? What? Well, I'm just saying, like those, those are those are some of the, those are like the best players. But like, you know, what I'm saying, I'm talking about like, you know, you put. Your oh, well, this is easy for me. I mean, it's easy for me. I, I, I'm gonna go. Steph. Ain't that what a fantasy? Ain't that what a fantasy is, though? Are you talking about today? I'm sorry. Oh, this is all time, right? Yeah, all time, all time. It has yeah, yeah. Jordan, Jordan Curry. I'm about to say all time, and without those guys, I would still go. Give me Steph. Give me Steph, Tracy McGrady, Larry Bird. Tim Duncan, Shaq. Boom. Spitting Dama. That was fire. That was fire, Dama. That was fire. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go J Kid. I'm gonna go small though. So I'll go, I'll go J Kid, T Mac, Paul Pierce, Scotty Pippen, and KG. Y'all dudes be talking about me with Jason Tatum. I'm telling y'all right now, Ox is gonna die on that Scotty Pippen and KG Hill. He's dying on it. I want to make sure we clear on that. Ox is going to die on that hill. Oh, Mars, chill. You guys, you guys got to start a five. Um, who, who we can't? No, no. Who was it again? No, uh, no, no Jordan, no, no, Kirby, or LeBron, or no, no, Jay, or no, 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 Kobe, no LeBron, no Jordan. So, because of the New Year's resolution, I gotta accept. No, no. I don't have to accept that because I still think Magic is the best dude guard ever. So, Magic, Drex, Scotty Pippen, Tim Duncan, Chamberlain. Fire, fire. All right, we got one more from Culture Saunder. Culture Saunder said, talk about the Kings. What about Mars? Get- no, that's cool. That's cool. That's fine. Mars ain't sitting right here, huh? It's a new year, Mars. He replaced me. Oh, that's what, yeah, that's cool. uh, well, yeah, that, that is the case. I'm, well, I, I hate that the cat's out the back this soon, but I figured this, since you can't use Jalen Green, it was, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you want to do it without Jalen Green? I, uh, I thought they did you a disservice. I didn't think he had it. No, nah, I was, I was, I was going to troll with my answer, so I, it's good. Um, <laughs> that was, that was actually my, my New Year's resolution was to, to not troll as much. And then I, I thought, I saw that question. I was like, I'm he can't, he can't do it. Mars can't do it. My New Year, my New Year's resolution was literally like to try troll less. Like I want to, I want to give the people been complaining on oh, Mars. What happened to the real basketball tour? You troll too much. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to stop trolling. Then that question came. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna troll. So I can't like, do it. Mars already crazy. Mars today, January the seventeenth, twenty twenty four. I challenge you not to troll for the rest of the year. 
I challenge you. Can I get my last troll off? For the rest of the year? I'm going to say, wait, he can't troll at all? That's crazy. Minimal troll. Just so we can't do that. One week. So we can't what 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 is a New Year's resolution? A New Year's resolution. I want to lose weight. I don't want to lose twenty pounds to put twenty pounds back on. I yeah, but I can ration. I can ration. The same I feel you. Like, yeah, I'm just rationing. Ration trolls and crap. Yeah, exactly. It's basically the same thing. Trolling is like crap to me. So basically, it's the same thing. Once a week, and we're good. Yeah, once a week. Once a week. Once this is a, a week, prime example week. just now. See how big Mars eyes got when he saw that question. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like well, I'll just I'll troll once a week. I'll troll once a week, and then that's it. Like, I think that's a I think that's a good step to the new year's resolution. Maybe twenty twenty five. It's only Wednesday. Do you want to? Do you are you ready to get this off right now? Yeah, yeah, mid, 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 midway through week. I think I think Mars, that's fine. I think if I trolls think crack to you, I'm just saying at the end of Thursday's episode, you're gonna be you know. Maybe maybe I fell the new year's resolution. You know how many people sign up for the gym and then don't go after January? Like it happens. So maybe I'll fail, but we'll see. But um, yeah, my, my starting five. Speaking of crap, Michael Ray Richardson at the one, David Thompson at the two, Lamar Odom at the three. Len this is trolling. Four, this is what we're talking about. Ray Tarpley at the five. That's 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 my that's my fantasy starting five. There we go. I knew where he was going after the second name. I realized where he was going after the second name. <laughs> you almost crazy. fucking insane. <laughs> that that is is kick him. No Spencer Haywood in the list? No Spencer Haywood is crazy. I, I, Lem Bias or Hooper, I have to put him in there. Spencer Haywood off the bench. And by the way, Spencer Haywood actually played longer. Roy Topley got kicked out the league. Spencer mm. Haywood didn't get kicked exactly. out. Exactly. He liked the same Michael Ray Richardson got kicked out the league. So that, that he got kicked out the league. Michael Ray Richardson got kicked out the league. So that's, that's the point. Do you know how cold of a hooper you had to be? I'm sorry. Let me just. Roy Topley got kicked out the league. I want to hear this. Damo, go ahead, Damo. Please finish this. I want to hear that. You know how hard of a hooper you got to be to have a drug addiction and still give buckets? And still be nice Exactly. Ray Topley was tough. People don't know about Ray Topley. He was averaging 20, got kicked out, came back, and then said, nah, I need the crack. Got kicked out again. Like, that's why he's the MVP of the team. Shout out to Ray Topley. Michael Ray Richardson was an all-star, yo. Hey. Him? Hey, man. I like my on the diesel. I like my fantasy style. Jeez. <laughs> but there we go. No more trolling for the rest of the week. There you go. <laughs> so I come out. I got to go use the bathroom right quick. I'll be back, coach. <laughs> coach, I'm coming right back. I swear I'll be right back. And going to the bathroom, it, you know what? Energy juice. Gotta... Yeah, energy juice. Come back with your job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 All right. So Coach Rasada with the Super Chat said, talk about the Kings oh, giving it up to the Suns. No pause. You guys are 20, right? You guys are up 20. 20, 22. Mm. Shit, wasn't no, you got in the it. Four. I don't, I don't, in, play, in, on in the don't play on that damn team. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Um, that was 100% De'Aaron. De'Aaron. I, I had people message me talking about, what is Mike Brown doing? Mike Brown wasn't doing nothing but trying to teach his team how to actually get some respect as a contender. This team will never get respect as a team a, 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 a contender unless De'Aaron Fox decides to stop being a crybaby and be a leader. We don't got no time to be crying. We don't got no time for you to be watching Malik Malik chuck shots like the Kings is Kobe Bryant. 
That shit is cool, but when it starts to be detrimental, Darren, you have to go get the ball. You have to slow the ball down, run your sets, get stops, and protect the basketball. You can't be throwing away the basketball, getting turnovers. You know what I'm saying? You have to be a leader, De'Aaron. Stop being a crybaby and be a leader. Simple. You, make, you free, can't, make, no, free throws you, make free throws. That's how, that's how come Dane put that one in this because you can't make no damn free throws, De'Aaron. You know what I'm saying? So it's not it's not Mike Brown's fault. Y'all was up 22 and with eight minutes left in the game. You have to win that game. He doesn't, he shouldn't have to call timeouts. This is this is to teach you guys how to win basketball games, how to compete with the with the better teams in the NBA. We had the, the Bucks and the Suns on the ropes, and they came back and took it from us. And on both occasions, I can point out where De'Aaron Fox is at fault. That's not Mike Brown's fault. We got to win that basketball game, especially last night. Especially last night. That's embarrassing. Uh, yeah, and for those of you who don't know, um, kind of how I said, uh, the Suns was up, or the Suns were down 22, and then went. It was the score was 113 to 96, and then they closed the game on a 23 to 4 run. Um, Durant, I, I wasn't actually watching the game, but I seen a couple clips of Durant absolutely just turning it up on defense. He started guarding Demontis. He played the five. Was, he played the five. Mm-hmm. Is that a mean adjustment? That's why I, I was going to give KD. I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about his team. My credit was going entirely to KD. Mm-hmm. What he did defensively in the fourth. He wasn't scoring all too the whole game. But in the fourth, he played the five. All of a sudden, he turns into the most versatile, switchable defender we've ever seen. And then start scoring like Kevin Durant. So <laughs> I wanted, so I wanted to give KD credit. That's that's why I wanted. He deserves to it. He deserves it. Because if, if KD it. can play defense like that consistently, yeah. But but Mars, Mars, Mars you are right. You right. KD KD deserves that praise. He deserves that praise. But that shouldn't be enough. Like we, you, they still got to pull it out. Like you know what I'm saying. Like you still, you still got to win. Focus, right, Damo. Okay, pause. focus, Damo. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like you Focus still, you still, got, you still got to win that game. New you know year old like, habits. Huh? Like, like Kevin Durant definitely did his thing with that. But I mean, and then there was there was people saying that maybe we should have went small. You know, put, that's and that's a great advantage I think we have in having Trey Lyles on that bench. Could have put Trey Lyles in there, but that wouldn't have changed anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to win the basketball game. As simple as that. Kevin Durant did his thing, but yeah. With that being said, Mars. Why am DeMontis I out of needs, line? asked for a trade. He's too good for this shit. He's too mm. good for this shit. DeMontis needs to get up out of Sacramento. He's too good to back, be on this damn team. If you want. We need a backup big. Come on, bro. I personally mm. think Harrison Barnes should ask for a trade. He's the only champion on the roster. He he should be like, I'm not dealing with this inadequate play and, you know, mediocre. Oh, Does JaVel McGee and Juan Toscano just on on the team, right, Ron? Hmm, interesting. Uh, I mean, Juan might as well not be on the bench. I disrespected Well, they're champions, Javel, Ron. They're champions. Yeah, I did. Yeah, champions. What on the same I, team? I, that's what I'm saying. One might as well not be on the team. I didn't. Wait. I didn't. So, I, what would y'all want for the? What would what would you be okay with for giving up for Sabonis? So, like, trade Sabonis for what? In your opinion? Well, this is my thing. This is my thing, Damo. I've been a loyal King, diehard Kings fan since I was about six, seven years old. Loyal, loyal, loyal. Damn. Now look, now look. If Demarcus Sabonis gets traded, all that's is done. I'm out of here. You out. You out. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here. So there ain't there ain't no what would we want, Damo. Whatever the hell they take. I'm going, I'm I'm going with DeMontis. Wait, wait. You've been a lifelong King fan. DeMontis the burn is the is the show that broke the camera's back. You're gonna ride or die with DeMontis? 
Who he but who he just said who he just said should ask for a trade, by the way. Yeah, deserves to be on a better team. He, yeah. So literally, you went into the season a Kings fan, and you're about to walk out a Sabonis stand. I'm fine with that. Oh my God. Hey man, he did say he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He did say he was appreciating the game what it is today. He said he was I'm, adapted I'm, to what the game is today. Stand coach, I feel it. I'm sick of this shit, Dama. I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> like, like we are. I'm not even mad at you. <laughs> my question to you, Big Ox, is. Why, instead of burning down the house, right, instead of breaking all the windows, how about we, yo, the people that's living in the house, yo, clean this shit up. How about that? Instead of, okay, this is how you guys are acting. I'm going to break all the windows in the house. I'm going to light the house on fire. How about we just, yo, clean your room up. Clean the kitchen up. This isn't good enough. How about that for an idea? Like you just said, De'Aaron Fox, take care of the basketball. Make free throws. That game against Milwaukee, that was a winnable game. You got downhill every chance you possibly could have gotten. De'Aaron Fox gets to the stripe. He makes those two free throws. That ices the game. Game is iced. We're not going to take Monk off the hook neither because he also missed free throws. That's also a big deal. But I'm not ready to just throw these. I'm not ready to hand over Sabonis. That's an emotional decision, Big Ox. Let's I'm chill out on that. I'm emotional. Okay, and, I, and, and I'm trying to talk you off the ledge right now, Big Ox, because I don't want you to jump. I don't want you to burn the house down. This is a very nice house. We don't need to burn the house down. How about this? How about you get these badass kids up and make them go clean these rooms? How about that? Right? right? right. How about you this, get your – how about – go ahead. I'm sorry. This this the thing, Chill. <laughs> so this all started in 2006, 2007. And you know, I was I was a little upset then, like, damn, we sucked down. You know what I'm saying? But around around 2010, I was I was chasing my own hoop dream. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I don't got time to worry about that. And plus, I'm accepting the fact that we suck. That lasted for a decade. I was like, golly. But I'm like, okay, we you know, whatever. We suck. I love basketball. I'm a Kings fan. No big deal. But we're good now. So now that we're good, I got hope. I got hope. You know what I'm saying? And then I see this. I see this. We lose. We lose to the Bucks and the Suns, two of the better teams. That those are the those are the games we have to win to make an impression on the league. We're not right. going to get no respect when people looking like, oh, you lost him, lost him. But if we win, if those two games on the record said that we win, we get a little more respect from everybody else. I'm like, I wouldn't, I didn't care, I didn't care back in 2016. Like, so right. we, I don't care if we losing them, we suck anyway. Right. You know what I'm saying I'm gonna go to the game, I'll, right. I'll be, you know. But now, when we're good and I'm thinking we're supposed to do something, and now we just. Do stuff like this, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I'm with you, I'm with y'all you, only been good for two years. This is only our second year being good. No, we, we, was, we was good the year before that, too, Domo. It just didn't show. It just didn't show. It just didn't show. For now, we, we, was, we was good. So, we was so, good. so, Big Ox, we've been living in the projects for the last 15 years. We've moved out. Now we got a better place. And, and we, we still got rats. And, and be, okay, so instead of getting <laughs> the rats out the house, right? So instead of getting the rats out the house, you want to burn the house down and go back to the projects? He's not going to be in the project with them. That's what he's saying. That's all my We're not doing that, big guy. He's just moving. Let's get these rats up out of here. That's what he's saying. Let's do that. Let's get the rats up out of here. We're not going back there. No. Uh-uh. We got to clean See, out. See, this is why you can't this is why you can't give bad franchises anything good. They get a, yeah. he got a taste. <laughs> he got a taste of success and he is ready to throw it all away halfway through the second year. How do you think people got addicted to that? Oh my god. He, he got a, he been eating fast food his whole life. He got a taste a taste of gourmet food. Nah, man. I can't How could you put another Big Mac on my plate? 
Relax, man. <laughs> he want to flip the table over, Domo. Nah, nah, Domo, I'm bougie now. I'm bougie now. He want to flip the table over and get rid of all of it and go back to eating in Chick Fil A. He want to go back to that. I'm a grown man. How you gonna put some chicken nuggets on my plate? Damn, <laughs> it's crazy. At least you got some fire dipping sauce. Like, at least you got some heat, you know. Hey, but uh, with that being said, I do. I want to come back to the Suns, though. Uh, Kevin Durant playing the five. Is this something that can be successful for the Suns moving forward? Could this be a tipping scale? Depending on the matchup. Which I'm not gonna lie. In the West, the better teams in the West, I mean, I'd be damned they put KD on Jokic. I, I mean, I don't I don't know how. I mean, I, I would put KD on Rudy Gobert. I mean, it's Rudy Gobert on offense. Got to watch the watch a screen and watch an alley-oop. But I would feel comfortable with that matchup. Um, KD on Chet? Are, are we comfortable with KD on Chet? I'm about to say I, I'm comfortable with KD on Chet. Um, I don't necessarily know how KD on AD is going to look. Not saying that the Lakers are just a top-seeded team in the West. I'm just thinking of teams with good bigs potentially be in the playoffs. I'm trying to think. For the most part, yeah. For the most part, I think I will be okay with KD. I don't know. I think I think that was just one of those kind of – I think that was just one of those kind of surprise adjustments. Kind of caught him off guard. And maybe maybe Mike Brown thought that um, that Vogel was going to switch it back or something and Vogel just rocked with it. I'm – like, but I'm with Domino. though. There's, there's, a, there's a few. It's about half and half with the matches I'm looking at. I'm, I'm thinking KD, but I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it could work out with, with some matches. He can't play five against the Clippers, though. Somebody brought it up. Now against Big Zoo. Zoo he not, he's not doing he not doing it for 30 minutes, though. Like, they're not going to start. That's fair. Like, it'll be spot minutes, man. Maybe, maybe Mason Plumlee's in the game. You want to run KD at the five? Sure. Or maybe, maybe Jokic is on the bench. DeAndre Jordan. Sure. Like, it's like those type of situations. It will be situational. It's just a nice little value mm-hmm. add that you have someone like KD who can play the five and really strain defenses. And also, if he's moving like that defensively, mm-hmm. like, if even if it's yeah. for eight minutes a game at the five, if he's moving like that defensively, that's a game changer. I don't you know. Now, with that, with, just, just to nitpick real quick, Marsh, just to nitpick real quick. Um, now, I know I know Mason Plumlee's not great. He's not the best big. But he he he's still a beast though. Like I don't I, I don't really want KD down there banging with Mason. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm I'm. It's not just. I mean, it's not just defensively. I mean, they right. got you got Mason Plumlee out there with KD on offense now. Like that, that that's the mismatch problem you have when you have KD at the five. And I think like if DeAndre Jordan if if DeAndre Jordan magically gets on the court in the playoffs, uh-huh. and the Suns run KD at the five in minutes where DeAndre Jordan's on the floor, DeAndre Jordan will be off the court in one possession. Because there's there's no use for him being out there at that point. So how do you now give Jokic rest? Now you have to run Aaron Gordon at the five. Like he's just going to be a mismatch problem in that regard on that side of the ball. And then also if he can move his feet defensively, he can switch pick and rolls, or he can play a great drop because he got a seven five wingspan, or he can hedge and do whatever he needs to. Like he provides. I think, I, I think that's Swiss the best Army. play right there. Which what you just said, Mark. I think that's the best. Like if, if they were to do that with the Nuggets, then you just got to rock with Aaron Gordon. Well, he yeah, played like, the five that, last that's year. what it is. That's what it is. If I'm not mistaken, KD did play some five last year in Brooklyn. He's one of the better rim protectors in the game last year when he played the five. One of the better shot blockers in the game when he played the five. Which leads me to my next point. Why wasn't KD a better defender throughout his career? Because it's mm-hmm. obvious that he could, defend. <laughs> he could obviously defend at an elite level. So let's rewind KD six, seven years ago, seven, eight years ago. Why hasn't why wasn't KD playing at an all-league defensive level more consistently? Because it's obvious that he could do it. 
it's obvious that he could play at that level. And I don't necessarily mean that you have to be an all-league defender all the time. But why wasn't he playing at that level more regularly? So, so, because so, oh, the, the, well, the old me, 2023 version of me, mm -hmm. would say, you know, would probably say, well, you know, I don't know. I, I can't even think with that mindset anymore. But the new me, mm -hmm. I, my answer to that is because he was so good on offense. He didn't need to play defense. Yeah. My answer is a bit different. Um, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I think going to Golden State, he got smarter. I think he just started to understand the game more, especially on the defensive end. Um, I'll give Mike Brown credit for that as a defensive coach. Um, I think he got smarter on that end of the under the end of the floor. Just his rotations were a lot better in Golden State. It was also easier for him with Draymond Green, kind of I guess guiding him through things defensively. And then the other thing, which I think is just how the leagues changed, the leagues got him smaller. KD before was on at the three, had to guard on the perimeter a bit more, and players were na naturally bigger and stronger. And KD struggles with physicality and strength. Now the league's getting smaller. Now you can run KD at the five. Back back seven eight years ago, you couldn't do that. KD at the five is a mismatch because you have Greg Monroe's in the league and Al Jefferson's and Zach Randolph. So like those players, they don't exist as much. So if KD sizes up and now he's playing the four like all the time and he can play five minutes it makes it easier for him to be a help side run protector because he's not having to rotate from further away and he's not on the perimeter as much. So now when he can switch on the perimeter for a seven-footer, it's better than when he's being asked to primarily be on the perimeter, right? which he was eight years ago. So I think the game changing alongside him being smarter has made him peak defensively later in his career, which is very rare. Not many people peak defensively later on. So he's one of the few exceptions to that. But I think the game changed and he got smarter, which is why well, he's playing at a high level defensively. Well, on the flip side to that, he did play on a great defensive team when he was in Oklahoma City, and mm -hmm. he also had he also had a really big he also had a really good big in Ibaka. So I think mm -hmm. that they had good schemes. With them having good schemes, I thought that he could be better defensively, even be a better rebounder. That's one of the things that I didn't understand about him because I do understand that Mike Brown was one of the better defensive minded coaches. I don't think the tips was that much better than him in terms of a defensive minded coach. I think he was a really good defensive minded coach. But also when I when he was in Oklahoma City, they had damn good schemes. So I look at Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City, thinking to myself, well, why couldn't he play at an all-league defensive level more than he did when he was in Golden State? Because he was younger, he was livelier, he was more athletic. With that being, I don't, I, I, and I, I know that when you're playing in Golden State, the game looks a little bit different. I'm not, as, I'm, I'm, I'm a little smarter. I've been in, I've been in the, in the league a little bit longer, so I, I, I do get that logic. However, when you are that good and you've shown that you can play defense at a high level, I expect that on a consistent basis. I, I appreciate Mars the fact that the league is smaller, so I am more switchable. Been, I am more switchable in playing the five because the league is smaller. But I don't think that that, I don't think that explains that. When I was playing the three, when I was playing the four, I could be still elite at that time. I might not be able to play at the five, but I still could be elite more consistently. And why wasn't he? Because he played on some really good. He played on some really good defensive teams. Well, Chilton, I'm I'm looking back and thinking about it. Um, now I got the best memory, but maybe KD was not, maybe not elite. Now maybe he was a better defender than we we're giving him credit for because. Um, like you like y'all just brought up. I mean, when he was over there with uh Tabo, um and they just I think Jim Moore Water said in the chat, Tabo, Robinson, 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 and then you you brought up um Serge Ibaka. Mm -hmm. Um and then even even when uh Kendrick was on the team, you know, he was there at the five holding down the four, uh being the mm -hmm. big. 
So Steven Adams. Steve Steven Adams. They had a lot of good defenders on, on, on those teams. I'm thinking maybe KD was actually playing pretty good defense. He just wasn't guarding anybody that you know made us made us really pay attention to it. You know what I'm saying? Because he didn't never had those matchups. When he got the, when he got over to Golden State, you know, like uh uh Andre Ig was kind of slowing down a bit. You know, he had to step up a little more to to help out with that. I think I think it just showed. I think it's maybe it showed. <clears throat> Now I'm, I'm I can't say that that's for sure, but I'm just thinking. You know, they they had they had more. I think they had better individual defenders over in OKC to where he really didn't get a chance to show what he could do. I think that him playing defense on the wing more than anything with guys like Robeson, who was an All League defender, right? With with rim protectors behind him like Ibaka and and and, and Stephen Adams. Sure, that might have hindered him rebounding a little bit, but I don't think that. His ability to defend on ball, I don't think that that suffered. I, mm -hmm. I just feel like KD playing on the team that he played on because it didn't, it didn't, it didn't have a problem. I mean, it, it didn't bother guys like James. It didn't bother guys like Scottie Pippen. It didn't bother the elite defenders who, when they played on great defensive teams, they, they, their, their ability to defend, it was, it was evident. I don't think that KD being a being the great scorer that he is, I wouldn't use that as an excuse for him not defending at a high level because it's obvious that he could do it it was obvious that he could do it i feel like he should have done it more yeah but i think to i guess play devil's advocate um katie was in okc for what eight eight years seven years eight nine seasons nine years so nine years i think he was a good defender in 16 15 he was hurt but i think he was a good defender in 16 but we can, if you disagree, that's fine. So I'll say for nine years, he wasn't a great defender. But early on in a lot of people's career, like, for example, LeBron James, he didn't become a great defender until year six, really. Like, three, his rookie year, he wasn't great. Next year, he wasn't great. 08, you could say he was becoming a good defender. But 09 is when he really ascended and became an all-league caliber defender. So that's already six years. If we go KD six years, that's what, 2014-ish, his MVP year. So that's an extra two years in OKC where he was healthy, 14 and 16. If I think he was good at 16, 14, if you want to say he wasn't great, he's, what, one year behind schedule in terms of what LeBron James was defensively? I don't think we say, why wasn't LeBron James a good defender in 06? Like, I think sometimes, like, you just have to learn the game. The NBA game is different to what it was in college. He was a great rebounder in college. I'll never yeah. understand why the rebounds, and I'm with you. I, I, I've never understood why KD's not. A tremendous yeah, he, had a, he had a bunch of 15 rebound games. But if you yeah. rewind, if, if you rewind, James made the O-League defensive team in 08. That was the first time he did. That was in year five. Not so sure that was justified, but yeah, if he made it, it not sure. But he, but he was playing at that level. When I think about KD when he first came into the league as an elite rebounder, when he was at Texas, he I, I saw plenty of games where he would have 15 rebounds, 12 rebounds. He was doing stuff like that. So to come into the league, at no, and, and again, Stephen Adams wasn't there right from the beginning. Serge Ibaka wasn't there right from the beginning. So these dudes wasn't there from the beginning. With that being said, KD, I don't think that him playing at an all-league, an all-NBA, all-NBA defensive level, I don't think that that's the case, him making the team, as opposed to him playing at that level. I think he finished in the top 10 in defensive play of the year one time. I think that was when he was with the Warriors. And I like to think that those teams that he was in Oklahoma City – I think those teams were better defensively, which should have enhanced him defensively. I think he should have been better. Y'all, so I got this super chat. We got Ticket in here, too. So we we, we definitely finna turn up for the second <laughs> half of this show. What's going on, Ticket? Man, you already know I lead the league in every statistical category. 
and my interviews is how to holler. You lead the league in turnovers. <laughs> That's tough. But that don't matter when you get the most buckets and the mm -hmm. most rebounds and the most assists. You right. And the right. most steals. You right. The best player in the league. Take it. Lock Was there any question? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so DSG Piccolo chimed in with a super chat. He said, "With the Raptors coach and Mike Brown both going at the refs in press conferences, will that uh, will that be a regular occurrence now? Also, how far do the Pacers get with Pascal Siakam? I haven't talked about that trade yet, but let's answer the first question. Um, how do y'all feel about these uh, these coaches calling out the refs in press conferences? You guys seen the whole Mike Brown thing? He brought the laptop up there, was pointing at the screen and everything. How do we feel about that? If they want to be fine, it's necessary. It's necessary. If they want to pay the fine, yeah, cost them fifty stacks. Mm -hmm. No, should I, look if I, if, I, if, if for like for Mike Brown, what he did. If he can spawn for that, I'm telling De'Aaron, you pay that fine. Because if you're making free throws, we wouldn't have to do this. Shit. <laughs> no, hey, 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 Ox, that ain't no nonsense, Ox. That's not no nonsense. For real. Like, we wouldn't I'm have serious. This stuff, I wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't have this conversation. If we wouldn't have had this conversation if he went to the strike, made those free throws, games over. Let's get out of here. Nah, but he still would have had the he still would have had the conversation. You yeah, gotta, he could he could have sent the lead a, a strongly worded email if we would have won the game. Well, no, nah, he still would have probably went to the post game and said something about the refs because y'all got to think about this, man. When you look at the whole situation and what's going on with the refs, it's unfair. It's an uneven exchange in the NBA. The refs can arbitrate over the game, make calls, and make decisions that affect you, your team, your wins, your losses, your livelihood. These coaches, a lot of these guys' livelihoods, a lot of these players' livelihoods, a lot of these players' jobs, a lot of these coaches' jobs on the bench depend on certain calls, certain way things are going. You can, you never know how you can shift a season and everything like that. So if you're the refs and you're making bad calls, you're actually affecting guys. You're affecting coaches. You're affecting players' monies. Some of these guys have in contracts certain clauses where if we win this many games, we get this much of a bonus. If we do this, we get this much of a bonus. If we don't do that or whatever, and that affects it. So if the referees can be such a strict and have a strict output on – what it is when they can throw you out, when they don't throw you out, what is a foul, what isn't a foul. Well, the NBA should allow the other guys to have their side too and be more transparent. The NBA should be more transparent with their punishment of referees. They should be more transparent of saying this referee got this wrong, he did this, putting him on front line instead of hiding behind that problem, trying to make it seem like we're our referees always have the most integrity because they're human beings, they make right. mistakes. And then shifting on and saying, look, we're going to have transparency on both ways. I've always hated how the NBA has approached the referees versus the team aspect of basketball. It should be more of a open, transparent dialogue between the two sides. So, therefore, when a referee messes up, the same way you find a coach or somebody else that they mess up, find that referee and put it out there in the public what you did. Don't hide what you did to the referee in public because that's why the fan, you lose more fans and more people say the game is rigged. Thanks. Chill town. You, I mean – how many times have I said to that they need to have a post game, a, po a post post game uh, interviews for the reps too? They yeah. they they ask they ask the players <laughs> questions, ask the the coaches questions. They need to ask the reps some questions too. Well, they That's just, a fact, don't, don't, don't they don't they have the uh, the, the the two minute what is it called in, in, in the NBA? I believe it's called the two minute uh, the last two minutes of the game where they go mm -hmm. over what referees got right and what they got wrong and. When a referee gets something wrong, even though 95% of their calls, they get them right. But when they do get something wrong, especially when the meat and potatoes of the game, that could cost a referee. That could cost a referee a game. 
the most important th a lot of these referees what they're trying to get to is they're trying to get to the playoffs because that's where the money is whether it's in the whether it's the eastern conference first round whether it's the conference championship the nba finals that's where the money is with these referees so that's what they're trying to get to and when you're blowing calls especially when you're a newer ref when you're blowing calls you get taken off of games so instead of me refing the clippers in oklahoma city last night I'm getting taken off that game because two nights ago I blew a call. And now what that's going to do is that's moving forward. They looking at me like, well, we were originally wanting him on our, we were originally going to want him on our Eastern conference playoff staff. Well, now it's looking tricky for you. So in addition to me at the end of the season or at the end of a game, having to explain that this is what it's going to look like too. I'm losing games. That's not enough. Chilton. That's not enough because the, the same thing goes for the players. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the players were trying to get to the playoffs too. I'm saying the right. playoffs, the players are trying to get to the playoffs too. And when the refs, the, these refs want to be involved in the game so bad that they're just blowing their whistle or the lack thereof, not blowing their whistle, you know what I'm saying? That affects these players trying to get to the playoffs. So now yeah. they're, they both got the same goals, but the players still got to answer these questions. These players, you, you know how it is after a game to tell you, you, especially if you lost a game that you know you could have won, rather it's the ref's fault or your own, you're still right. upset. You got to answer these dumbass questions. You up there mad trying to keep your composure, not trying to cuss out whoever it is with the microphone. The ref need to be up there too. Not obviously not at the same time, but you know, the ref, the ref should have to do the same thing. Everybody got to answer questions and everybody's trying to get to the playoffs. So why but, why are these refs, why are these refs, refs treated like almost like demigods? The refs are treated like, oh, they can make no one. They're humans. It's human. He's just human. Human mistakes happen. The same thing happens with basketball players. They're humans too. I think that we also tried to alleviate it by putting in instant replay. So if I do get something wrong, wait a minute, let's go back and take a look and let's do that. But then they get those calls wrong. That makes it worse. Right. So when you when you when you go and when you go look at instant replay and it's right in front of you and you get it wrong, now it looks even worse because we're we're putting instant replay in the game. So you don't determine, even though it's taken away from the human factor, just like you missing a shot, just like you blowing a layup, just like you blowing an assignment. You are, when you put an instant replay, you're taken away from the human factor. But we also trying to cut down mistakes, too. We are trying to do that. One of the biggest problems that referees have, and I know this for a fact, refereeing, one of the biggest problems referees have is involving themselves in the game. Okay, this nobody's here to see you. Nobody in this building bought a ticket to see you. You, these guys are the show. Let them involve you in the show. But these guys involve themselves in the show. And that's where they get themselves in trouble. Imagine that. Imagine if we was just chilling and someone was like, man, who's your favorite ref? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I agree with Bob. I, I do think the NBA should do that. They should make the refs. And, and if they take that idea, they need to go ahead and give you a cut, Bob, because that's a damn good idea. I mean, right. making the refs right. have a post-game press conference and in the in – in, in, in the, in the, uh, uh, media able to ask them, why did you make this call right here? Why did you make that call right there? Why did you make that call? What were you thinking about? And them having to explain that, especially if you know and they know it's a bad call, mm -hmm. that's correct. That that right there will clean up a lot of the stuff that's going on and make the refs have to make better decisions because they know after the game they don't just get run out the tunnel and get to run to the back wherever they're going. Yeah, they got to stand in there and really answer those questions in front of everybody, and now they got to be critiqued in front of everybody. Everybody knows their name too, not just like we know the NBA basketball players. I totally agree with that. I think that that will bring much more transparency to the league, and I think if Adam Silver does that, 
he need to give you your cut immediately, and that need yeah, to be a fat, a big cut nah, too. Nah, for sure, I, I feel just you, ticket. So you, so you guys, you you hear that right now? If you guys implement that rule, run, give me my cut. Just so you know, ticket, it, it, even even though it, having to face the music and having to get in front of people and and explain why I made that call, it's even worse having to talk to the supervisor after the game. Cause that's the first dude that wants to talk to me. What did you see right here? When he lights up the film, what do you see right here? And again, again, big ox, we talking about the difference between me refing in the playoffs and me getting taken off of games. Right. So me, yeah. me sitting in front of the right. press and having to tell you, well, I saw Carl Anthony towns with his forearm in LeBron James's back. And that's his fifth foul, by the way. And now he's got to sit down for the, for, for, Five of the nine minutes for for five of the of the of the last twelve minutes of the quarter, which now screws up screws up Minnesota because we got a we got a damn good game. Now that takes him off the floor, takes a rebound off the floor, as opposed to me having to explain that to my supervisor and him yeah. basically reaming me, telling me that you blew this call. This is where you should have been because he's going to tell me every position that I was in. He's going to tell me what I should have been looking at, where I should have been, what I should have been doing. Why I didn't blow this whistle. And with all of that being said, my game that's coming up on Friday when I'm doing the Clippers and uh Minnesota. No, I'm not. Now I'm doing I'm doing Detroit and I'm doing the Nets. Is the Ped the same now? Not in the playoffs, it's not. Oh, yeah, not in the playoffs. Yeah. But chill time. Playoffs, imagine if no. I'm like imagine I'm like, yo, chill time. I'm about to <clears throat> I'm about to be in Orlando. Orlando's playing. Phoenix, let's go to the right. game. And you like, oh man, you trying to go say CKD? No, I'm gonna go watch Scott Foster. <laughs> no, nobody paid. A, nobody bought a ticket to come see you. Nobody, nobody That's bought crazy. a ticket to come see you. Nobody. Yo, so it was a second <clears throat> question on the super chat, and uh, DSG Piccolo he asked, how far do the Pacers get with Siakam? So uh, for those who don't know, right now it's it's crazy rumors swirling around that the Pacers are the highest bidder or the only bidder for Pascal Siakam, and it's looking like the trade as of right now, from what was reported, is Bruce Brown in three first rounds. That's a lot. So how do... That's that's a Buddy Hill is in it too. Buddy Hill is in that's it too. A, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm not talking about the names. I'm saying that's a lie. If you think that's the only team, that's a lie. That is him using... That's the oldest trick in the book. That's him saying, oh, yeah, it's only one team to make other teams who want Pascal up their offer. That is the oldest trick in the book. Ron, if I'm trying to sell somebody a car... And I tell, I say, hey, man, I'm only going to sell this car to Chilltown, but you really want the car. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to up your bread to go get that car because I've said I'm only going to get it to Chilltown. Listen, uh, Masai Jury, he's the Ric Flair of the NBA. He's the dirtiest player in the game. He ain't going to make a deal unless he knows for sure he's going to win. You think that he wants a Bruce Brown that's going to fall off his books and completely tear down that franchise after he got those two pieces? No. He got good pieces in the deal. He got two starters in the deal. He got a number three overall pick in the deal for OG, and he got another starter that's going to be his future starting point guard that's going to probably be what we call a 20-point-per-game point guard going forward in the future, and, and, and Emmanuel quickly. So he he ripped those two guys off of him, gave up OG a dude that might not even re-sign with the Knicks if things don't go well for the rest of the season in the playoffs with the Knicks. He may go sign with another team because he can become a free agent. So then he already won that deal. Why is he going to blow it up to start it over when you got those two guys already? only thing you need to do is – is 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 if you're gonna trade OG, I mean, excuse me, if you're gonna trade now Pascal, you got to get a big chip. I'm not looking for no draft picks. It ain't nobody. I mean, my boys in it. My boy may be in the draft from Auburn, Chad Baker Mayfield. He balling. He'll probably be a first round pick either next year or this year. 
depending on what he does in the tournament because they like top 10 in the country right now, I think. So, but anyways, like I, I know, said, man, you got to think about stuff like this, man. Yeah, you got to think about stuff like this, man. Like, that man ain't stupid, man. He, I don't even think he deals him. I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't deal him. I like the team the way they are now. I would try to talk him off the cliff, try to get through this season, come back with a, a, a fresh uh, season and an off season because I like the team that they have now. I think they got off to such a bad start. Now when they made the trade for RJ and them, it's it kind of hard to get back on track. That's why you see the coach panicking when they played the Lakers game when he was arguing about those calls because they're losing games like that, and it's, and it's getting them off track. But, again, a team like Houston, you could be telling them who could be playing hardball. Sure, I told Mars this yesterday. You think Ime Udoka is going to play these games? No, Ime Udoka's in this to win. He's not finna play these little punk games. So the Houston Rockets, look for them. I'm telling y'all, they're going to be real sneaky with how they move this year and this offseason going into next year. So no, that's a lie. OG only to Indiana? You think that's a – you think that's a – I mean, obviously not OG. Pascal only to Indiana? You think not that's the only that. team? Come on, not, man, cut it out. And not only that, Ticket, to, comp, to compound your point, what is – what is Indiana giving up? Okay, so Indiana's going to give up their best long ball shooter. Let's let's just say for the sake of argument, Big Ox, that's the deal. They're going to give up their best long ball shooter, right? They're also going to give up their best rotation player. And for Siakam, who already said that he's testing free agency this summer. He already said that, which means that there's no guarantee that he's coming back there. So not only do you lose your best long ball shooter and your best rotation player, you're probably going to lose Siakam too. Why would they risk that? There's no way to there's, there's, as good as as good as Siakam is. Plus, with Siakam on that unit, does he push them over the top? Are they the are, are they now the favorites in the East? No, I, I don't think, think so. I'm not saying that to you, but I'm saying this is what I'm saying. If you look at that team right now as orchestrated, I like the squad. I just think they need a new training camp. I don't dislike the team. I think that team is is a damn good team right, that right, they right. have right you're now. Talking about Toron- you're talking about Toronto ticket? Yeah, I'm right. If I'm if I'm Masai, after trading OG, I'm trying to talk, you know, Pascal into re-signing and starting start re-clearing the deck starting to, over next year. Which he wants right. to, by the way. He wants right, to come right. back. That's, so so that's what I'm saying because I think that if they came back with that same team and just made a few little adjustments here and there, bro, that team is gonna be bro. RJ's balling. We ain't gonna take that. He's balling. Quickly has been playing solid for them. The team hasn't been playing back. You still got Scotty Barnes. He's going to do what he do. Pascal's coming back. I mean, a couple little tweaks here and there. That's a, that's, that is a top five seed in the East right there. <clears throat> that's a solid squad. That's a solid squad. Um, I don't I don't know. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Miami's going to get involved. Yeah, but what is Pat going to do, though, uh, Bob? Right. You know, okay, Pat, I think is, Pat, give the old dude, Pat the old dude that go – Bob, yeah. Pat's the old dude that go to the he, – he go to the corner store, and 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 he, he don't even want to pay – he don't even want to pay 60 cents for a pack of bubble gum. Right. He trying yeah, to, he I mean, trying to, he trying to still get it for 25 cents. Remember when they had the little, the little 25 cents? He's still trying yeah. to get it for that. The juicy fruit and the big red. Yeah, like, like come on, bro. What, what, yeah. what he going to do? But that – but and that's that's another thing, too. You know you know him side in, in Pat Riley, that – that negotiation is going to be at a stalemate quick because they both they both trying to trying to steal so they both think they Danny Ainge, so I don't know, but but you see I mean you see you see we backed out the Kings backed out because he said he he most likely wouldn't resign and so I'm like if he's not going to resign with us is he is he no making way. that known to other teams or is he just kind of just being quiet going to let them just do their thing and then 
not resign. And on top of that, what do y'all think? Do y'all think that's a bad, like, do you think that's unethical for him to allow a team to trade for him if he doesn't plan on resigning? No, I think that's you putting your cards on the table. Listen, if you resign, if, if you it's trade for me, just know, just know that I'm not, I'm, I'm not resigning with you. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, testing the agents. To, at least. Right. I'm, I, I just think that's being honest. I don't think that's being unethical. In fact, I think it's being. Ethical. And if the Pacers do that, they got to get rid of Obi Toppin. You, you've destroyed Obi Toppin. Nah, him and him and Obi when they go small, him and him and Obi will run the floor together. That'd be that'd plus Obi a rotation like that, guys though. Plus Obi a rotation guy. I don't know if I like that, bro. I, I want because like if it was me. I would, man, Obi Toppin need a guy like Mike D'Antoni. But Mike D'Antoni can turn Obi Toppin into a low budget of Mars Stoudemire, bro. Because he's got enough love of a you some Obi Toppin ticket, boy. He's a lottery pick. He's electrifying. And trust me, in an offense like Mike D'Antoni used to run, Mike D'Antoni will throw him in a pick and roll and use yeah, him man. like a Mari Stoudemire, bro. Trust me, because he has enough of a jump shot. His three ball is wet. He can shoot the J. You know what I'm saying? They just don't feature him. Mike D'Antoni in a pick and roll with him? Man, everybody who played for Mike D'Antoni, their stats went through the roof. Look at all the guys that Mike D'Antoni got paid just because they were playing in his system, playing with him. Look at what happened to James Harden. We saw James Harden on steroids when he played for Mike D'Antoni. So I'm thinking of a guy like Obi Toppin. If you bring Pascal, that kind of takes into more of Obi Toppin's growth, in my opinion. I want Obi, I want to see Obi Toppin reach his full potential and i don't think he can if you bring an especially a guy like pascal who get buckets and demand shots at that position even though the big guy they got now and miles turner he gonna get his he gonna get the shots he's not like he's not joel and b demanding the ball pascal see i can feel like he need 18 to 20 shots a game mm -hmm. yeah i and think it's more important even, even with that being said even right now Obi's coming off the bench, though. Like, I'm looking at right. their last game. Obi only played 13 minutes. They starting Jalen Smith over him, and he's playing more minutes. Yeah, but still, like I said, I man, listen. I mean, I ain't gonna question Rick Carlisle because I respect his 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 acumen. But if that if it if I had a team and I had Obi Toppin, I have my here looking like a Mark Stoudemire, man. Straight, I pick and roll all day long. He's been looking nice this more, year too. It's, it's really. more important. It's more important for that team to. To reach their fullest potential, rather than Obi reach his fullest potential. You know no, but saying? I'm saying this they can if he did. Sport. They can, if he does to me, Bob. They can. If yeah, I, I like I like Obi Toppin. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Pascal Siakam is clearly better. So I, I feel like if, if you got Pascal and maybe he is getting his 15 shots a game, but Obi's coming off that bench and still playing anywhere from 12 to 8. For how many years he though? To, Bob? He needs to play more. He needs to play more. How than many years minutes, you but, think you getting out of Pascal? Maybe four. How old is Pascal? 29. 29? Come on, man. Like, what, Bob? 27. I don't know, maybe 24. No, he older than that. Oh, he did all four. Yeah. What I'm saying is Obi Toppin's never gonna be as good as Pascal Man, I no matter no matter who's coaching. Hey man, listen. If somehow Mike D'Antoni weasels his way back in the league and was to get his hands on an Obi Toppin. You'll take that back. I'm trying to tell you, man. That dude, man, I'm I see it, bro. I see the Amari Stoudemire carbon copy in this guy, man. He just needs he just needs the coach that that's gonna he needs to he needs the right system to be in to be able to flourish the, the way his game is. He plays exactly almost like Amari played. Pick and pop, pick and roll. I'm yamming in your face, mm -hmm. disgrace. And I I love him, man. Straight up, bro. And, and he's putting up double figures off the bench. I got, I got, I got nothing but love for Obi. 
all I'm saying is I'd rather get that production off my bench and rock with, with, with Siakam. I would not get Siakam just because I'm wanting to see how good Obi Toppin's going to be. Uh, but I do think that Pacers team would be really good with Pascal Siakam, especially if they got if they keep him out starting. I didn't know I didn't know Buddy was in, involved in the trade, so I'm not really sure. I would I would prefer to keep Buddy if I'm getting Pascal to help spread the floor. But well, keep keep in mind. So the Pacers are one of the better shooting teams in the league. If I'm not mistaken, Mars, you you know if I'm not mistaken, they won. If I'm not mistaken, I think that a bet they are the best three point shooting team in the NBA. So I mean, obviously, uh, you, you in terms of what I'm, I'm pretty sure Boston lead the league in threes so, per, percentage. Uh, that's seventh, seventh right now. They might have been higher when Tyrese was there, though, so. Okay, so um, you you obviously lose your best shooter and buddy, but the Pacers still have other shooters. Uh, they still got um, what's his name, Benedict Matherin. Um, they still obviously have uh. Uh, Ryan Nimar, they got uh, what Tyrese Halliburton, obviously, at Miles Turner, he's been hitting Obi Toppin, so they still got these other guys. Uh, um, who's the uh, who's the one guy he's been balling right now? Uh, he moved into the starting lineup. So I don't know, Ron. Got, but but wait a second, though, Ron. So, all that's all Toronto wants, chill town. It's you talking about Aaron Yeah, Aaron Neesmith. Yeah, so you 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 still got all of these guys that still can shoot fairly well. I think actually it's addition by subtraction. And well, obviously Pascal's the biggest addition, but I'm like, get Buddy out of here and let's let Benedict rock full time. Let's let him get the minutes in. Really, yeah. really now we start getting into our, our backcourt of the future, which is obviously Benedict and Tyrese Halliburton. Now we get Buddy out the way, and it's like Benedict, you'll be as great as you possibly could be. But, Ron, are you telling me that the Jazz and the Thunder are not getting involved in this and all they want is three first-round picks? Both of these teams have 40 first-round picks. No, it's what, it's, it's what Ticket just said. It's what Ticket just said. They lying. They, they, they making it look like it's just Indiana. No, Indi uh, the Jazz have picked up the phone. There's plenty of other teams who've picked up the phone and that's checking this dude's temperature to see what they're looking for. It, it, it's not just that. They're just putting it out there and keeping it quiet right now, like the Jazz, yeah. uh, the Warriors, teams like that. They're just keeping it quiet right now. It is. It's one of the oldest tricks in the book. That's a that's definitely. I don't. I don't really too much. I don't really too much like the um, the Warriors package. You know what I'm saying for what what they got, but if 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 we're getting involved in, in draft pick talks, like okay, see, in the Jazz not being involved in this is ah, that's crazy to me. Now I hear what you're saying that they most likely are, and they just haven't um, put that out there. Mars, you like you like marketing. Mars, you like marketing in, in Oklahoma City more than you like Pascal. So I like both of them. OKC saving their picks for Lowry. That's what they're doing. They're not, they're not going to invest. Pascal, they're not investing in what? A potential three-month rental? They're, they're not. Mm -hmm. Even though they have the picks to give up. Like, they do. But I'd be surprised if Sam Presti's giving up picks. Unless he really thinks Pascal will get them a championship this year. But I think Larry Mark is, is he the, is he the difference? Is Pascal Siakam the difference in Oklahoma City with them winning? Because they got a big problem in the whole rebounding dirty work i don't think pascal's the difference in oklahoma city with them winning and to get him for three months the last 28 games of the season and probably lose him probably lose him in free agency and what it's going to cost right and what it's going to cost them because i can so mars the first round picks i think that they'd be willing to give those up because again we're talking about an oklahoma city team that's going to be good right they're going to be good so them first round picks we're talking 28 26 those are the picks that that, that a jury is looking at. 
I don't think a jury just wants them picks. I think he wants something else too. It's not just those picks. You gonna have to hand over some of them kids too. Speaking of kids, OKC can offer up Josh Giddy. So Josh Giddy, oh. Larry Markinen, plus picks, <laughs> plus picks. And you know Utah, they like their shout out to number thirty-two. So it's, it makes sense. It makes sense for Utah to get <laughs> Larry Markinen to OKC. That, Mars, you said the trolling logic. You said terrible. the trolling logic. That's not trolling. That's that's an observation. That's an observation. <laughs> That's Yo, with that being said, though, like, I, I think y'all tripping. If OKC wow. get Pascal, it's on. And I, I do want to talk about the OKC and Clippers game, uh, so we could definitely talk about that next. But yep. they, they get another guy that can go downhill, push the fast break. And you know the versatility with Chet and Pascal on the front line? What are you talking about, Ron? It's buckets, though, okay? And I understand Pascal that. Pascal playing it, over it, the defense? Oh, so does Chet. And so does Chet. And Chet. But and even if even if that's true, we still got a bigger problem here. And the bigger problem is in the interior. I watch Bam. Don't let that 23 and 8 or that 23 and 7 from Chet fool you. Bam beat him up. I watched him. I watched Anthony Davis beat Chet up a couple of nights ago. This is what it's going to be in the playoffs when they got to see Minnesota, when they got to see the Lakers, when they got to see um, Denver, when they got to see teams like that. When you got a five-man that's that frail, one, that's a rookie, but then two, that's that frail, and you got to rebound as a team defensively, and you got kids, that's a huge problem. I mean, they don't have guys. Like, 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 like um, who am I thinking about? Like Andre I got Drummond, Lou Dort. Like Steven Adams. Lou, no, Lou Dort is not a no, – no, Lou Dort is not no. that. But, but my thing is chill time. Everybody, everybody beats up on Chet. Chet's, Chet's getting picked on this year, but he's, he's still a young fellow though. He's still getting stronger, still getting bigger. Right. I think Pascal Siakam is traded to OKC. I believe I hundred percent believe he resigns. I hundred percent believe he I resigns. Think he wants to, I think he wants to be in Toronto, and I think the difference here is with him him getting traded to Oklahoma City. They get his they get his bird rights. So with them getting his bird rights, that's super max money that we're looking at. I don't think Oklahoma City is going to super max mm. money with him. They're not mm. doing that. And I think that's the money that he wants. Yeah, and that's, that's they still got that... a couple years before they have to pay Chet, though, right? They got four dudes on a rook deal. Chet, uh, what's his name again, Mars? The guy from Kentucky, uh, Case Case and Wallace, 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 Giddy, and um, Chet, Wallace, Giddy, and J Dub. Those four guys still on a rook deals. So you still got some time. You still got some time. Got some money to spend. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing that I don't think we've we've harped on enough. Mm-hmm. Regardless of where Pascal go to, are you gonna turn down that money? Because I'm assuming anybody that trades for him now they know that it's like okay, we gotta put that money on the table to make him not walk. Is Pascal gonna walk away from that money? If he goes to the Pacers and they're like, "Yo, Supermax, here, Pascal," is he like, "Nah, I'm, I'm going back I over hope here"? The team doesn't give him a Supermax. Well, no, man, get your money, Pascal. I'm not gonna. I- Get money. I wouldn't give him a supermax. I'm not gonna say. look. They pay him mm. more than any other team else will. Nah, it would be funny though if, if Toronto trades him and then he just resigned with Toronto and that season. That'd crazy. be fine. That'd be fine. He's getting forty. <laughs> he, he's getting forty three a year from from them, right? I don't know. I don't know what he's getting. I, I don't check out. Hey man, this is some great basketball conversation. I ain't even know ticket could sit up here and do this. It's, it's some new <laughs> shit right here. You know what I'm saying? I just thought I was just this wild, crazy, deranged, insane, out of control dude. 
that could you be are that basketball, man. But, but you are you are that though, ticket. But you also could be chill too. Like you know how to act. You you. I'm just saying. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, I'm always gonna stand on business. Yeah, right. But at the same time, like I said, I just I ain't even know this. It's surprising me. Twenty twenty four is crazy. Cat we, we Williams, do it. Cat Williams don't set the year off, man. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it. Well, yeah, well, that, ticket, that, that brings that brings me to two things, ticket. Because first, we got we got to get everybody's New Year's resolution. We didn't get yours. But second of all, speaking of standing on business, though, speaking of standing on business, I want to say I was watching intently yesterday, and I want to commend you, Chilltown, for standing on business when these fools was up here talking that crazy shit about Jason Tatum. What? I'm happy. I'm happy you did that. Chill. You're the number one. You're the number one guy in the Kawhi Leonard fan Chill club. was the only no. one saying that Jason Tatum yeah, better than Kawhi, and you commending him. Wait, 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 wait. It's not. I'm not saying he's better than Kawhi Leonard. That wasn't the part. It was the other part when y'all was just no. when y'all was talking about he ain't top ten. We all talking about him and Jalen Brown can't win together. That's what I'm talking about. Let me answer this then. <laughs> so my re- not my New Year's resolution ain't no New Year's resolution. My resolution is always what it's been to keep my foot square on your asses. That that is what my resolution is. I, I, I'm not gonna change, and I seen people in the comment section. Oh yeah, ticket's gonna change, man. Boy, rent free, baby, <laughs> rent free. <laughs> I live rent free in y'all minds in that comment section. I don't have to be nowhere near this chat. <laughs> I'm gonna live rent free in your mind, and it's always gonna be that way. And you hate it, baby. Now back to you, Bob. Uh, little ox. Let me let me get back to you, right? Um. First little ox of bro, the year. You said, Shout bro, out. You said, you said we act like this. He said we act like it can't work. It can, it hasn't. They haven't won a chip, bro. We've seen them together for like six years, seven years. It hasn't worked. So, bro. That's because they, that's because they didn't have Drew Holiday and Chris what? Porzingis. What do you nothing, mean? N- nothing, nothing can work until it actually works. So until we actually see it work, okay, sure, it hasn't worked. But man, y'all see but, this, this 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 is what this is where he's saying that oh well, it, it, we we saying this we saying that bro, it has not worked. They literally have not. Won. But it ain't like but it ain't like we ain't close. You keep talking ticket like they, every year. It ain't like it, it ain't like it's the, okay. You regress one place. It's not like they're getting bounced in the first. No, round. no, no. But I'm saying no, no. Oh. I'm saying but you re- hold on. But what I'm saying is you're regressing. Right now, it looks good. Like I, like I said yesterday, you're in the regular season. You just told me yourself you don't think that Jalen Brown is worth three hundred million. So the way he's playing, I don't think nobody. The way he's playing, the way he's playing. I don't think it's just Jalen Brown. I don't think nobody. Right, no, no. But that's what he's talking about. Bob's saying that. Oh, y'all talking about Tatum and Brown? I'm telling him that if you if I'm paying a dude three hundred million dollars, it better work. Y'all better be looking like Kobe and Shaq. Well, you know, you know, that's where the league is going. Everybody's about to be making that money soon. It's just like when Mike Conley got that first big contract. He wasn't even the top five point guard in the NBA. Hold on, hold on. But what did what did what are they doing right now? What did he what did they do when he they put him on his team right now? Who put who Mike Conley? They looking like a championship level team, and they look for real. I'll have my yeah, speculations. Cat, that's about that's that's cat, I have my speculations about them. They look like they could be anybody. Ten years ago. They look like yeah, they can that, be anybody right now. No, no, no. But I'm saying they can't. Was be at, but, hold on, but you have to look at circumstances. They were ahead of the scale because most of the time, when you looked at Mike Conley, what happened? He got hurt most of those series. 
Yeah, but so Memphis, Memphis, gave, Memphis, gave him, Memphis gave him that money back in, what, 2013? No, I know, but listen, I'm saying most of the series after that, he's been hurt. Right, and he that's fair, but what, what I'm saying, all, all I'm saying, ticket is, all, all I'm saying is that Jalen Brown, that money, he was just the first one. Everybody, uh, everybody's about to be getting that money swing. Everybody's no, ticket wants, ticket wants, ticket wants, ticket wants to hold him to that standard, and I get that part. I do get that part, but the idea of them regressing, I mean, how much did they regress? Ticket, they was in the finals in 2022, and in and in 2023, they lost in Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Championship, so they were a game away from going back to the finals. So it's not like this. So let's discuss where they are right now, Ticket. Where they, they just are right got now. smoked by the Bucks okay. by 40 and one half. Yes, they did. Chill, don't forget that. Not only that, had they won that game seven, they go on to beat the Nuggets. I think so. But 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 back to your but back to your but but back to your point, Ticket. You're just talking about you talking about Jimmy Butler ain't retired yet. No, he's not. But back to ticket. But back to tickets. Point where they are now. They're the they're the number one team in the NBA. Not the number one team in the Eastern Conference. Number one team in the NBA. Who, by the way, who got smoked by you? Just said Minnesota. I mean, you just said by Milwaukee. Who beat Minnesota the night before that in their building? They beat the they beat the number one team in the Western Conference. Who they got to play in the Eastern Conference Finals? Who they got to go through? They They got to go go through Minnesota. They got to go through the Bucks. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Ticket, because as the number one seed, they got to come see us. So they got to go through us. No, 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 no. But the season is not – hold on, hold on, sir. The season is not finished yet, and there are only a few games in between the Bucks. And if you look at the Bucks' schedule, Mm -hmm. the Bucks may catch them because they play the Pistons two times Mm -hmm. coming up. The Bucks have a very favorable schedule to catch Boston. So if Boston slips up, the Bucks will take the number one seed, sir. And it's the same, it's the same Milwaukee team who, like you just said, they smoked them a couple of nights ago. But Boston did beat Milwaukee earlier in the season, so it's not like this. This is not like they just been handling Milwaukee. Like Indiana, yeah, but you, you can't. But like we, discount, we discount. We discount the game early in the like season Indiana's because it's early. Handling Milwaukee, we Basically, discount the games early in the season every because time. it's early, right? Why we discount? Why I take the regular season series. The same way we discount. The same way we discount the play-in tournament because most teams, most teams were early in the I, season I, I and you can't that. get into a rhythm. You know this, Chill Town. Don't play I, this I, game I, with me. No, I'm not playing any games with you, Ticket. I take the regular season very seriously. And the fact that the Indiana I didn't Pacers, say you didn't. And the and, and the fact that the Indiana Pacers have smoked the Milwaukee Bucks every time they seen them. That matters. Just like Milwaukee has beaten the Boston Celtics. And oh, the Boston Indiana's Celtics not even them. in the picture no more though. Yes, Indiana's about to be the out of the playoffs. They six in the East right now. They ain't going. No, they're there. not. Yes, they are. Look the it Minnesota, up. The Indiana Pacers are six in the East right now. Let me look it up. Where they at, Mars? Hold on, I'm about to I'm about to pull it on the screen right now. That's they'll be out. Of, they'll be out of there by the night. <laughs> the Knicks, the Knicks play the Rockets, so the Knicks are actually going to be 23 and 18. Thank you. They'll be out of there by the night. No, 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 23 and 18. Real town is running his mouth. They'll be gone by the they night. No, they losing tonight. The Knicks losing tonight. They're going to be out of there tonight. Nah. This is what the Eastern Conference uh, standings look like. Obviously, at the top, you got the Boston Celtics. Then you got the Bucks right behind them. The Sixers in third place. The Cavs in fourth. Miami in fifth. The Pacers are actually sixth right now, but they are tied with the New York Knicks at six mm-hmm. and seven. So it's right there. And then you got the Magic at eight. Boy, how they fell from They'll three. be out tonight because well, – hold on. When does Holland Burton come back? He's going to be evaluated in two more weeks. So he's not coming back. They done. They done. They done. So it don't matter what they did against the, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. They'll be so far in the gutter. You can't even well, – I ain't going to say that. But you can't – yeah, it's over with. i forgot i gotta be pc on pc so no you don't no you don't no you don't 
I, I was, of all the people in here, you know, you dudes know for a fact I could turn ticket up. It don't no, take I'm not trying to get that. Fa- I'm not up. trying to get that fake Doctor J B calling me after the show. Yeah, I'll I, I, I I turn ticket up. The show, I, I'll turn ticket up if y'all need to. Don't think no, one second. Fake, fake Doctor J overseas. Overseas <laughs> stealing Doctor J's dunks overseas. You think I? This fool stealing Doctor J's dunks and stuff overseas, man. Sit down somewhere, man. Yo, so we got about an hour left. I still got a lot of stuff that we got to get into for today's episode. So go ahead. Hey, don't, don't, do not change the show. Keep your seatbelts uh, strapped in. We're going to get into a couple more good topics. Uh, we, we still going up. Uh, but right from the top, I do want to say, um, check us out tonight on Playback. Uh, we, we watching the Lakers game. If you're not doing nothing, you going to want to see that. Um, download Jack the Playback look, app. Look a little bit like, since, since Ticket brought that up, I'm sorry. But Shaq does look a little bit like Doc. <laughs> Stealing how he dunks and everything, man. Come on, man. Lakers mask, Apex Eastern on playback. Shaq, stop jacking Dr. J. Find your hey, find your own swag, find your own aura. Uh also $10 super chats to change the question right now. $25 super chats to change the topic and go check out PC merch. I also do. I got a, I got a, I got a cash app chat right now. I got a cash chat. Uh, we, yeah, we're still doing that. We're still doing that. Uh, I got a start bench cut from Corday Jackson. He says start bench cut D Rob, Dirk, KG. Start bench cut KG, David Robinson, and who? Dirk. And y'all missing one tier. Y'all should have a hundred dollar super chat. To put one of us in timeout for about three minutes, four minutes. <laughs> it's what? not up there. Hey, it's not up there. Yeah. But so when Chill Town is running his mouth talking that buffoonery, somebody could just say, "Hey, here go a hundred dollars. Put Chill Town down. Put him on." Say, we, we, we can do. We can do the same thing with you. Take it the minute you hey, regular. Hey, hey, guess what, They go a hundred dollars. We still getting paid. Though. I That's break look, Y'all can just or or chat. You could just cash at me to 50 and I'll drop out the lobby, the lobby for, for three minutes myself. You know <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go that way. Hey, Ron, you get your 15%, bro. Don't even trip. Hey. Oh, man, dog. $100 to make anybody in here oh, shut what man. they call the hell up. I hate this type of stuff. Start this cut, though. Because what, what, what it's doing is it's, it's, it's causing controversy. David Robinson had a six year run where he finished top four in defense player of the year. And finished top three in league MVP. He was that awesome, and he was. And he, I think he finished third in the league in MVP votes in '92. He had three different coaches that year. Imagine if we had to do it in the league today, finishing third in the league, and he had three different coaches in one year. And he still was playing awesome. David Robinson did that. In addition to winning the defensive player of the year, he did that. That happened. Start KG you bench D Rob Cut Duck. Start KD bench who? Start KG, KG. Oh, start KG, bench David Robinson, cut duck. No, nah, I ain't doing that. Ain't no way in hell. I'm starting. I'm, I'm starting. Uh, I'm starting Dirk. I know because Dirk did what they all didn't do. Dirk led his own team to win the chip. Mm-hmm. That's what Dirk did. Dirk, mm-hmm. Dirk Diggler went and got it the ski man's way. He led his own team when this deck was stacked against him and he went and beat Kobe, KD. And LeBron to go get the chip that same year, and D Wade, and they prime. So yeah, I gotta go with K- with, with Dirk, man. Dirk Diggler, he he's starting, bro. I'm sorry, man. Dirk Diggler, what he did in his career, bro. Two NBA Finals appearances, didn't have to have super teams. 
went, won the championship when his second best player was hurt, went against the gauntlet. Who would have told you? And he went against Kobe and them coming off championships. So who would have told you he would have went through that team with Kobe and Powell, went through the team with Kevin Durant coming up with the OKC Thunder, and then beat a LeBron James super team in the NBA Finals when you were picked to lose? When you were down 0-2? Or down 2-1? Excuse me. Ain't no way in hell. I'm cool starting Dirk. I got to go with Dirk, man. I'm sorry, bro. I can't put Kevin Garnett over there because KG had to leave. And remember, the t- when they played each other, Dirk smoked KG in that series. He gave KG like 30, 30 what, 34 a game and 15 rebounds, 16 rebounds a game? Smoked Ke- Kevin Garnett in the playoffs. Made KG run to Boston. And like I told y'all, KG underachieved with Boston, maybe due to injury, but they should have got more chips in Boston. So he had to go to a super team just to win. Dirk stayed at home and did it in the gauntlet, man. I got to respect that, bro. David Robinson. Yeah, I'm, with, I'm, I'm, with Mars. I'm, I'm with Mars on this one. Uh, Dirk's out of there. D-Rob off the bench, KG starting. I love Dirk. Crazy, man. Y'all putting KG over Dirk. Dirk, man. That's crazy. I, yeah, like, I, I have no ill feelings towards any of them. Um, it's close. Like, you got to start bench a cut. Like, I have them all very close. But but why do you have KG over Dirk, Mars? Because I'm not judging Dirk of 21 games. Which no, I ain't saying 21 games. I'm talking about... But yeah, a lot of what you, a lot of what you said was team, based on the 2011. He, he also season. led his team at two NBA Finals. Now, KG mm-hmm. went to two NBA Finals, but he had to do it on a super team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, well, I think when I'm judging these players, I think I've always spoke about how I think KG was just misused, and I think offensively, Dirk's better than both of them. I, I think most hold on, most, misused where? Hold on, misused where? In, in Minnesota. Minnesota. I don't yeah. I think. I how think is he misused? Hold on, Mars. Okay. How is he misused in Minnesota? Stephon Marbury sold him. Stephon no, no, Marbury was only there for a year or two, so we're gonna cut that out. Because I don't think he was good enough offensively to carry the burden they wanted him to carry. So I think he was misused. Same same reason I think David Robinson was misused until Tim Duncan got there. So how well, does that make him? But how does that make because, him better than Dirk? Because Dirk, Dirk like, like I was saying, Dirk was the best offensively of all of them. I think most of us up here would agree. Maybe someone would disagree if you think David Robinson was better, but me, Dirk was the best offensive player of all of them. Dirk a better offensive player than, than David Robinson. He was Man. not by a lot, not by a Man. lot. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm, fi- I'm fine. I'm fine with saying Dirk's the best. I, I think it's I, I'm, I, I think it's clear. I think Dirk. I think Dirk's clearly the best offensive player. For me, it's clear. For me, it's disgusting, bro. You're disgusting. The reason I'm taking those so, two so, guys so not only clear to the best. Yes. Hold on, I'm, Mars. I'm, yes. I'm comfortable saying hey, yes. y'all up y'all up here tripping. Yes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This y'all man just said tripping. it's hold on Mars. This man just said something crazier than you. This man just said that dirt offensively <laughs> don't clear. Oh, what they were all yeah was a dusty ass jump hook, man. Huh? Okay. Oh, that's not true. I, I disagree with everyone. Hold on, Mars. Pardon me for a second, Mars. Number one, David Robinson, an animal in transition. Number two, David Robinson, money mid-range game. Number three, an animal on the box. Number four, ridiculous finisher. All David Robinson shot. was out here shooting the mid-range. He was, man, get out of here, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, no, no, no. I am not he letting you the off the hook with this. I am not letting you off the hook with this. When guys weren't shooting the mid-range, it was David Robinson and Patrick Ewing who actually shot the mid-range. The big man, David Robinson, was incredible in stopping pop. 
and it was cash. Not they only was he they were cool Dave Robinson shoot that shit like Lonzo Ball. Right, they worked Also, you got to understand that the day and time that he was doing that. But what what David Robinson was doing during during that stretch in the nineties? Mars, what did he shoot from the mid range, Mars? What did he shoot from the mid range? There's no numbers for it, but if I had to guess, yeah, there is no numbers. But I'd say it was in the. 40s, like low 40s, probably like 40s. And what was dirt shooting in the mid range? 50 plus. Thank it's, you. It's it's and it's and not and like, and like and hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Dirt, dirt shoots better ticket. And keep then going, and then it's going to the deep ball. That ain't even close. The long ball. That ain't even okay. close. Okay. Then then we you put in the, the fact. Then we put in the fact that Dirk had to patent it one legger. Could nobody stop that in the post? Turn around one leg fade away. Nobody can stop that. He patented that move. So not only and Dirk can post you up too. Dirk Yo, there's a there is a there is a reason there is a reason why your there is a reason why your name is Ticket. Man, y'all dudes are disgusting, man. Oh, and, and Dirk, can, Dirk can post you up, play in the mid range at a higher level than David Robinson, reason. and play the long ball higher than David Robinson. And he gonna talk about some oh it's close. It ain't close. The mid range you know David Robinson led the league in scoring, right? Are you the mid range le- the mid range game is not close. The deep ball is not close. The post game. I give you the deep ball. I give you the deep ball. I'll give you the deep ball. I'll give you the mid-range, ticket. too. His I, mid, I, you don't think Dirk's mid-range way better than, Dirk, than David Robinson? I think Dirk's mid, Dirk mid-range was money. I don't think it was way better, but I do think it was ah, better. Man, way yo, better. Yo, man, I do think it was better. I agree with you on Dirk being the better offensive player. This is disgusting. You sitting back here not saying that. Wait a minute, Ticket. Wait, 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 wait. Rewind. Ticket, I'll give you the mid-range. 100%. I'll give you the mid-range. But I'm saying, give you, clear I, him on the mid-range. You're making this thing like this and, 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 No, once again, I'll give you the mid-range. I think he's a better mid-range shooter. The long Dirk. ball. I'll give you the long ball. Transition. That's right there. Okay, okay. Transition. Dirk was hey, good at transition. Young Dirk was getting up and down that floor. Transi- are you kidding me? There's no way, Mars. You want to get cooked again? No, I'm not saying he's bad at Dirk. I'm not saying he's bad at Dirk. But Young Dirk was getting up and down. So Young Dirk was getting up and down. He was not getting up and down the floor like David Robinson. No, no, no. The athlete that David Robinson was, the finisher that he was. David Robinson was ridiculous around the basket in transition. Now let's talk about being on the box. I can appreciate Dirk with that one legger. Took him over a decade to get it down. Took him over a decade to get it down. Took him over a decade to get it down, but he did get it down. David Robinson, on the other hand, David, no, it's not a lie. That is not a lie. David Robinson, on the other Dirk, hand, it took Dirk ten years Dirk, to get a one legger. David, when, when did Dirk get in the league? When did Dirk get in the league? He showed up in '99. That's when he showed up. Well, he showed up uh, about nine years. It was about okay. 08 when he really had. Okay, the one so legger. and David David Robinson, on the other hand, gets the ball on the box, finishes with the left hand, finishes with the right hand, dunking over big guys, great hands around the rim. To say that he clears him, I will tell you, I will tell you right here, I'll give you the long ball. That ain't even a question. I will give you the mid-range also, no doubt about that. But to say that he clears him, I think you you clearly underestimate how good. You clearly you clearly underestimate how good. We're talking the first about a score. We're not talking about an offensive player. We're talking about career, a scorer. To say that he, the first the first 10 years in his career offensively, Dirk was in transition. You forgot they were playing Donnie Nelson basketball. So they were up and down, sir. Don't play this game with me. Go ahead somewhere. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't now, close. Again, it wasn't oh, yes, close. It was, it was David Nagy. Robinson, the athlete that he was, the finisher no, that he was around this. the world. That don't mean stop nothing. We're talking about finishing stop transition. This. Yes, we, and that's exactly what we're talking about, finishing in transition. Dirk, Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki was not the finisher in transition that David Robinson was. Man, no, he was on, not. No, he was not. So, look, hey, Ron. So watch this right here, right? We're going to lie. 
We gonna nobody's lie, Bob. Nobody's lying. Bro, we gonna nobody. lie. Hold on, hold on. The reason we why nobody's lie. lying is because yeah, you on, can't bring facts to it. Like, you Mars, can't bring, you you question, bring facts to it. Mars, since you got the facts, let me ask you a question. Was Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki, where were they finishing in offensive pace in the league those years? That they was playing together. What did they was up and down? What does that have to do with anything? They were they were they were top ten in pace consistently. Man, come on, man, this dude okay. is a capper, man. Now, okay. where were the Spurs finishing? Where were the Spurs finishing in pace? They were the last place teams in pace. That Cut what it is, out. Wait, 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 wait. They were what playing that that slow have, basketball what, with Avery what Johnson, does, man. What Cut does it out, that? Man. What does that have? Okay, so he didn't get Avery Johnson until later. So he had guys like Vinny Del Negro, right? He had guys like that, but that doesn't negate the fact that David Robinson got up and down the floor with the best of them. Finished at the rim with the best of them. He was a better athlete than Dirk Nowitzki. He was a better finisher around the rim in transition. Finisher. Yes, it does. No, just because you're a better athlete don't mean you finishing better in transition. Dirk was well, getting up I, and down the court so, too. So, so with that being said, we're going over. So with that being said, we're going off the eyes. So if I'm going off the eye test, David Robinson was a better finisher in transition than Dirk Nowitzki. Now. Then we didn't respectfully agree to disagree. I'm sorry, Ron. If, I, I do think Dirk, I think Dirk's the better offensive player. Thank I think you. Thank you. Man. Better, I, I, better, I, I, better, I think of all of them, I think Dirk's slug. the best offensive you, you, player. You, 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 you and you and Ron, you're you not saying that, Ron. You are, you are, you are. I think Ron agrees boy. with Tick. I mean, Ticket, Ticket, you don't want me to talk because uh so you didn't see him with Steve Nash? Before Steve, hold on. Before Steve you just Nash, don't know how you feel about David Robinson. Before Steve Nash was him and Steve Nash. Wasn't running that court. They was not out here. They was getting up and down the floor. Yes, the they were. They were you gonna act like you ain't see that? Ticket. The transition part like is not. It's 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 that's not the thing with me. The transition part. I just think David Robinson, other than shooting, is better than everything else than Dirk. Offensive everything. Offensive. Everything. What do you mean? Everything. What do you mean? Other than shooting, he's a better. To me, he's a better offensive player than Dirk. So how do you feel about David Robinson in the playoffs? In the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Say that. Yeah. Why did why did why did his offense fall off so much? Yeah, come it, on, come on, Chantel. Answer that. Answer that. No, 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 a little bit. Why? Why? It, it drops off. Sometimes. The reason why the reason why his the reason why his offense fell off is because he was playing against better teams. That's what happened. And is it possible that maybe with his scoring arsenal, when teams his, could key on on him, he was prone to struggle more than a guy like Dirk Nowitzki? Because his possibly. scoring wasn't as resilient as Dirk Nowitzki. Possibly. Because Dirk's that's why I think Dirk's, I think his scoring was the most resilient possibly. than both. But, but, but when yes. you're talking about a guy in David Robinson, I mean, did he fall off a cliff in the playoffs? I don't think he fell off a cliff, Mars. We're talking about a guy who averaged 23, 24 a game and then was averaging 20, he was averaging 26 in the regular season. And that goes from 26 to like 23 in the playoffs, as opposed to Dirk Nowitzki, who's averaging, I don't know, 24. To still averaging around 24, 25. It's not like Dirk went from 24 to 32, something well, like that. Well, if you look, I mean, you can look at it from a points per game perspective, but when you're when you're going from 51% from the field to 41% or going from 53%. That's a to huge 44%. drop. That is that, that is a huge drop. Like the volume is still there because he's getting the shots up, but his efficiency drops substantially. And that's because, in my opinion, he was a jump shooting big who wasn't as good as Dirk at jump shooting, and he couldn't create easy opportunities for himself. Around the rim as much as I think you think he did. I don't think, I he, think he, did. he was great around the rim, but in terms of actually getting to the rim, he wanted to take his little elbow jump shots. That's what he did. That's why he was called soft. Now, do I think he was soft? No, but that's why he was called soft because he was a face up big who wanted to take 18 foot jump shots instead of trying to play closer to the basket and back down defenders and get to little jump hooks or um, drop steps or whatever you want to the real bigs, what they were doing. He wasn't doing that, and that's why his efficiency suffered. Because in order to be a big who can shoot from the perimeter and still be efficient, you have to shoot like Dirk. 
he didn't shoot like Dirk, but he wanted to take jump shots like Dirk did. So that's the same reason I think KG struggled in terms of scoring efficiency in the right. playoffs because he shot too many jump shots too. And he couldn't create easy opportunities. The same reason I think number 32 in Utah wasn't as efficient in the playoffs quite often because he took too many jump shots. It's just something that happened. Dirk was the one, he was like the only There's big. a reason why these guys able did, to shoot I, I, know, I know we got to change the subject, Ron, but there's a reason why he shot the basketball out. Ain't nobody played 25. <laughs> There, there's a, there's a reason why 25. I've seen a dude talking yeah. about change the topic. You got Bro, 25 in that super chat, baby. If not, you gonna hear me. There's a reason. There, there's a <laughs> there's a reason why there's there's a reason why David Robinson shot the shot in the mid range. There's a reason why he shot in the mid post because that was an advantage. Because I'm dragging the big guy away from the basket. I'm dragging Patrick Ewing away from the basket. I'm dragging Kevin Duckworth away from the basket. And I am shot faking and getting to the basket. And I'm dunking the basketball at the rim. David Robinson wasn't just getting wasn't just getting buckets in transition. He wasn't just shooting mid-range shots. They would go to him on the box and with that left-hand head fake and shot fake and get to the rim. He would do that. That was going on. Yo, chill tell He would do it. He bro. just didn't do it consistently enough to be an efficient bro, scorer. Bro, chill is going to make it seem point. like that's, chill. You are chill. Chill. I'm going to say I'm going to let it go. Chill. I'm going to say something. I'm going to let it go. You are sad, bro. For coming up here and making it seem like, hold on, for making it seem like that David Robinson and Dirk Nowinski offensively were close. Scorers. Justin. That is, no, 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 no. I'm talking about, I'm talking about offensively, period. So that so is disgusting. Passing, so, so that, hold on, hold on. Because from, hold on, from every aspect, every aspect offensively, except for maybe, and I, I, I'm even going to challenge you on a post up, but being able to create your own shot, Dirk Nowinski could create his own shot off the dribble. David Robinson couldn't do that. Yes, all, so all these he yes, could he not obviously he... could not do that, bro. Yes, Stop lying. Yo, fellas, I gotta I gotta oh, get to the super chat. Yeah, get to the, hey, bro, get to the super chat because because Chilltown is done, man. He he started off the new year horrible, bro. <laughs> Winner said, I'm very I'm well, hold on. I got one super chat before this. I got uh drink more water. Drink more water said, with being halfway through the season, let's look back to the previous offseason. Which transactions were you right about? Which which surprised you for good or bad, and which were you wrong about? Uh, drink more water. We're going to talk about this tomorrow. This is going to be the topic of the episode. So just hold hold your horses. We're going to get into that. I appreciate you for sending that through. Uh, Winner sent through a super chat and said, I'm very impressed on how the Heat is playing. Shout out to your guy, Jaime Hotcast Ox. Off topic, chill. I got your 49ers winning the Super Bowl, but who's getting finals MVP? You mean Super Bowl MVP? Yeah, I assume that's what he means. I could see Christian McCaffrey winning it. Or I could see Brock Purdy winning it too. They're the only two players I know. Mm-hmm. Chill, time. They say I cooked you, dog. Again, but what? what, what and, and these dudes don't even know what cooking is. They bro, don't. They have no. They have no idea what cooking is. You know what? You know what cooking is. You know what cooking is. I'll tell you what cooking is. When I when I explain when when I explain. When, when I explain perimeter defense or when Mars explains a guy like Dirk Nowitzki being an offensive player or ticket when you talk about a guy rebounding or whatever, that's not cooking when you make a joke and you just say, no, I, no I made, I made, but I made points that you did not make though. a point ticket. No, you did not. David Robinson gets the blow on the block on the left block and he faces up Shaq shot fakes him reverse pivot head and shoulder fake jump hook over Shaq. He was doing that. That was going on. That's number one. Number two, when the ball gets off the backboard, with him getting the ball off the backboard and kicking it out 
in transition and him running and him running to the rim and finishing at the rim. See, here's That's the difference. Though. Here's the difference. Dirk Let's getting it off the back. Dirk right getting it off the backboard sometimes and pushing it himself and finishing yes. the transition. Yes. See, that's the difference. See, that's why mm -hmm. I'm trying to tell you. And also, Dirk was finishing by getting it off the backboard, putting it in transition, and pulling up and hitting three balls in transition. Something right. that you your boy can't do. So that puts his that. level at a whole nother level than what David Robinson because David separate. Robinson was a guy giving it up and getting it back. Dirk was getting it off the backboard and going and getting it himself. And what was KG? And what was KG doing? Okay, like Mar said, KG was giving the ball up to Ter to Ter Terrell Brandon. He was giving the ball up to the other point guard, going down there, posting up, and asking for it in the post. Open so you telling me KG wasn't pushing the break? KG wasn't getting it going. No, no, like no, 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 KG, KG would play more like a guard. More yeah, than yeah, sometimes, 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 but he wasn't. He wasn't doing it as much as Dirk was doing it. I give you that, Bob. He did. KG was like. He was a he, he was a monster, but he wasn't as fluid as what Dirk was doing. Like he wasn't coming down pulling up three balls. Like we saw Dirk just coming no, down no. pulling he up wasn't. three on the break. I'm talking about he was the first seven footer that we really saw coming down just pulling up threes on the break like it was nothing. He was. You remember? Bob, 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 Bob. Here's why Chilton is a liar, though, Bob. Bob, here's why Chilton is a liar. And for him to be a historian in the game of basketball, he is disingenuous and disgusting to push his point. And Mark, I ain't lying. Charles Barkley and all those dudes were saying even before Dirk came in the league, he was smoking all them, all them great NBA players doing that same stuff. Okay, they well, even well, said well. before he came in the league, when Dirk was playing pickle, they said when Dirk came from overseas, he came over cooking all these dudes, giving these dudes a business. Yes, he did say that. Yes, so he did. So for say you that. to say that he just picked that up eight, ten years, dude, that's I mean, a lie. He came into the league doing that, sir. That's okay, a fact. He didn't, he, well, he, not he, not the one-legged fadeaway, but that's the, the, the not So when did you start seeing the one-legged fadeaway? When it was I, I, consistently, oh wait, after I'll tell you exactly what happened. No, it was the year seven. after the it was the year seven. after the We Believe Warriors. That that year, the MVP right. year, the year after that. I, that's when that's I thought it was. I, I thought that's it was 07 because that's when I started seeing it more. I didn't see it that much in the finals in 06. I didn't see it. I didn't see it in the playoffs in 05 that much. You didn't see it in the finals in 06. I didn't. I didn't see it as much. Y'all are lying. Y'all are lying. Morris, you would, I'm not lying. My bad, my bad. Y'all are mistaken. I he didn't do it. I remember, I remember, I remember okay, losing. He was doing it. it. He was doing it. He wasn't, he didn't have it down. He didn't have it where, down. That's he didn't have it down where it was a part of his offense, like a, where it was a part of his offense, where it was something so, like you, like a, like a jump. So what was his offense? Or, or like a step back. It wasn't, How was he, he didn't have it like that. point? How was he averaging 22, 23, 24 game up until that point? What was he doing? Oh, because like well, you just said it, ticket and hitting the hitting the mid-range, stopping and popping in transition on the long ball, finishing around the rim in transition. That's he was he also was going. going a lot and off the dribble, too. And not only that and not only that ticket, you just brought it up when he was playing with Steve Nash, how much faster they were playing. So a lot of that stuff, stopping and popping in transition, shooting the long ball, shooting the long ball in transition, finishing at the rim. That one-legged, that one-legged step back or that one-legged shot, he was doing it. He and had everybody, it down. Everybody's watching this video. I thought it was 2007 when he had it down. 1,500 people, however many people's watching this video. This is the reason why I'm so happy that they got the playback now. Because now all these little lies that Chilltown tell, now I can actually go on playback and pull up the film and the tape and actually dispel these lies this man been telling. So when you go on playback, you can actually pull up the video and show you when Dirk will start doing these things. So all these lies can be debunked. So y'all keep saying start going, ticket. I didn't say he wasn't doing it. He was doing it by 2000. Mars said 2008. I said by 2007, I felt like he had it down. He was doing it. 
But I, I don't think it was, we did it before then. I'm not he, saying to, I've, once again, I've, to I've get seen games where he would do it, but he was doing it. Staple, it, like for me, it's when it was part of his whole dream shit. Like I don't know how to. Hey Dirk, I tried to hold it down, bro. Listen, and I tried to hold it down. I can't help these dudes got bad memory and stuff like that. I mean, I'm going to search up a Dirk Nowitzki one-leg fadeaway compilation. Most of them will be off the Mars, I, Mars, I don't even know if he was a thought about being in existence when you was doing this. Yeah, that's like, it's not my memory. It's me going back and watching Dirk from 02 onwards. When did I already see the one-legged fadeaway come out? 08. That's when I seen it. Oh, I'm sure wait. you can find Dirk Nowitzki one-legged fadeaway compilation on YouTube. Most of them shots that you will see will be after 08. I'm certain of it. And like, I'm 85% sure. You're, you're capping for David Robinson. You capping for KG. And you just said, like Ron, you told me that I was lying yesterday about. I don't got to cap for KG. He he already he just beat KG. KG scores. KG was capping for David Robinson too, but that's okay. I know. I know what time. My thing is though, we we got stuck on the whole offensive part. I'm talking about everything. Dave David Robinson is the best overall player at a at a. If I'm if I'm starting. I'm starting David Robinson. You Best started rebound. Yeah, you start, Tomo, 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 Tomo. Now, see, this is why I tell y'all that these dudes is capped. Ron going to start. Now, Mars, listen to what I'm saying very carefully. Ron is going to start a team with a dude who couldn't even lead his own team to win a championship. He had to wait till Tim Duncan came to win a chip. But think about this. Dirk Nowinski led his own team. So you're telling me we saw Dirk Nowinski get drafted, lead his own team. This is not but he's going to take a dude who no. couldn't lead his own team. No, this is not to the, to, the, to the finals. He's gonna take him. You're, you're over, the same one. You're the same one who just. You're the same one who just told Mars that you're not going off a 21 game sample size. I did. He let his. I said he let his team. He with, let. Hold on. He let his team to two which, NBA finals. He let his team to two NBA finals. That's what you're talking about, right? No, no. That's but I'm saying, hold on. This is what I'm saying to you. This is what I'm saying to you. I don't think that David Robinson could have. I think I put David Robinson in the same hole as Pat Ewing. I, I think they were great, but I don't think he could lead his team to win a championship. Dirk did, and that's the that's the difference. And Dirk did it, went that's through the gauntlet and did it. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's I, I, the Dirk difference. I don't think because Ron says he would start his team with David Robinson. You I, I don't think you're building a team and a t and David Robinson is your number one guy and you can win a championship. Do you believe that, Bob? Well, he proved you believe he that, Mars? He proved that. Do I believe more? Do I believe more? Hold on, hold on. Ron said that he would start his team. Think about this now. He will start his team as his number one guy with David Robinson over Dirk Nowinski. Well, so David do, you guys, do you two guys think that David Robinson could have led a team to win a championship over Dirk, what you've seen Dirk, over Dirk Nowinski? Well, that's not that's not what we're going to say. No, no one can do anything until you see them do it. So, like, if you right, but we hold on. Oh, yeah, we saw David Robinson. Yeah, uh, my, po yeah my point. My point is just but, like. Saying David Robinson can't do it because you've seen him in his career not be able to do it, that ignores the fact that was his team perfectly built for him? Maybe not. What, was, would you say Sean Elliott, Sean Elliott, and Avery Johnson is a complementary supporting cast that's going to win you a championship? Maybe not. Maybe you think it is enough because you've seen Doug do it with Sean Marion and Jason Terry and Jason Kidd. So you're like, well, he did it without much, so he this guy should do it without much. No, please, they're, different respect, they're, they're, they're different players who need different things. So can I say I don't think he can do it? No, I think he could do it. Do I think? Do I know what he would need to do it? No, I don't know for certain what he would need. 
Same thing with Dirk. Do I think he can do it? Yes, he showed me he can do it. So it's easy to say. But I'm not going to say it's like saying, well, Dirk Nowitzki is better than Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant has not shown me. So you agree with Ron? You start your team? No, I KG for me. I said, well, I'm cutting Dirk. But I said KG is Bobby? You start your, I mean, big big eyes. You start your team with with him over Dirk? You start your team with David Robinson over Dirk? Well, wait a minute, man. Hold on, hold on. I'm talking. Hold on, ticket. Hold on, ticket. Mars, that logic doesn't work because you can't tell me that. Well, I saw Dirk do it because the crew was built around him, but I didn't see David Robinson do it because the crew wasn't built around him. Well, we did see him with the crew built around him as well as it could be built around him. We saw that, and he didn't get it done. Yeah, but you and I'm not gonna. I'm it, not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna. Knock, as well as it could be built, I don't think it was as well as it could be. Built. I'm not gonna knock. Dave, I'm not gonna knock. I'm not gonna knock Dirk Nowitzki because they built a better crew around him. No, he I'm showed that he could get it done. I'm, yeah, my point. My point I'm making is not knocking Dave, Dirk or praising David Robinson. My point is, we're all gonna say someone can't do something until it's done. Right. Like they said. They said no team can win shooting jump shots until a team went on one shooting jump shots. Now right. all of a sudden, every team needs to shoot jump shots to win. Now, do I think David Robinson was incapable of winning? No, I think he was in a situation where he wasn't in an advantageous position to win consistently. Do I think Dirk Nowitzki was capable of winning? Yes, even if he didn't win in 2011, I think Dirk Nowitzki was a winning player. I think watching Dirk Nowitzki in 08, 09 and 2010, he was still a player capable of winning. He just didn't have the unit around him that was going to get him over the top to win. Then you get guys like Tyson Chandler. Then Jason Kidd gets there in 09, I believe. Now you build with Jason Kidd. You get guys like Jason Terry on the team. And then you get rid of some other guys. And you get you bring in Rick Carlisle. Now the team's in a better situation to be successful. I'm not just going to say you can't win because you haven't shown me you can win. I think that's disingenuous. I think KG was a winning player in Minnesota. He was worse in Boston and still was able to win because the situation was better. I think I can't just say you can't do it because I haven't seen it happen. Because I think that's that's giving a bit too much leeway to these franchises who don't build around players correctly. I think there's well, a lot of well, people sure. who it's, are winning it's, players it's, who didn't win. Right. It's not that simple. That that part out that that part I will agree with. It ain't that simple. But with that being said, when you are in the Western Conference Championship and you are the guy, right? When you are mm -hmm. going deep into the playoffs and you are the guy and you're not getting it done and you're getting outplayed. I mean, I'd like to think that that's, that takes into account that maybe you aren't the guy to win. And that was shown with him because it wasn't like San Antonio was a poverty franchise when hit with, with him there. I mean, they were in the playoffs. They were in the Western Conference Championship. The Western can we, Conference can we look at who they were losing to? Well, in the Conference Finals, they, they lost to Houston. They, yeah, they lost so they, to they Houston. Lost to Houston but even, even, even outside of that, though. Which that was a pretty evenly matched. That was, that, was a pretty, that was a pretty evenly matched. That was a pretty evenly matched uh, team. Well, well Hakeem is, be is better than David Robinson. But that once that goes back he to my was other the best point. Player in the NBA at that time. That goes. My other point is, I don't think I don't think you have to be the best offensive player to win a ring as the best guy. I I go. I think KG was the best player on Boston. Paul Pierce was probably the better offensive player, but I think KG was still the best player on the team. I think David Robinson wasn't a good enough scorer to be the best offensive option on an elite playoff offense. I don't think the Spurs were ever going to be an elite playoff offense with David Robinson. I don't think his scoring game was good enough for that to be the case. Now, I do think he was good enough to be the best player on the Spurs team that win a championship, but you just probably need someone else who's a very good scorer next to him. Now, if you tell David Robinson, hey, be this elite level scorer and we'll just give you Sean Elliott and Avery Johnson and you still need to anchor one of the best playoff defenses, I don't think he's good enough to do that. I don't think that's what he's capable of. But that's like saying, hey, well, Dallas, 
don't don't get Tyson Chandler to compliment Dirk's defense. Dirk needs to be the best offensive player and still lead a good defense. That's not who Dirk was. So you get defensive pieces around Dirk, but because his offense is good enough, he can get you through the playoffs. I think David Robinson was the opposite. His defense is good enough, but offensively he's going to need more support. And for some reason, we seem to demonize offensive support and praise defensive support as if it doesn't really count for much. When a lot of teams win on the back of defense, and we should praise defensive support just as much as we praise offensive support. Just because David Robinson needs offensive support and Dirk needs defensive support, it doesn't mean David Robinson needs more help than Dirk Nowitzki. They both need help just in different areas of the game because they have different weaknesses. That's how I'm viewing it. I don't think the Spurs gave him the pieces he needed because he needed offensive help, and Dallas gave Dirk the pieces he needed because he needed defensive help. And Dirk was successful, and David Robinson needed Tim Duncan to come along, and then he won, what, two championships? Yeah, oh, yeah, but even him. even furthermore last, on top of that, he was over. The last one he was over. Let's yeah, yeah, look he was, at who he, he was, was losing league, to man. again. All right, we know we know he lost to the Rockets and they went on and won the, the finals. But the mm -hmm. four other series that he lost in the 90s, he lost to the team that eventually went to the to the uh, finals and lost to Jordan. Won it. Three times to the Jazz and once to the uh to the Suns. So it's it's like he he wasn't just getting bounced out in series where it's like, yo, Dave Robinson, what are you doing? No, he's losing to, at those times, the second best team in the NBA, who was obviously, nobody was going to beat the Bulls. But he 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 was he was going out in a fashion where it's like, it's nothing you can really do to that. So you can say the same thing about Dirk. Bro, Dirk, seriously wrong Dirk, with you. Dirk, Dirk was getting his ass kicked in the playoffs, too. If, if Jay Kidd and Tyson Chandler and Sean Marion ain't go over yeah, there and say, have Dirk was considered a playoff choker before 2011. Oh six, he lost in the finals. And they were up to oh, and they they said Dirk blew that series. Oh seven, we know what happens, and he sold. And oh eight, oh nine, and twenty ten, they were losing. Even though Dirk was playing well, they were losing in the playoffs in those years, and they were like, Dirk's never gonna get it done. Then he went and got it done. All of a sudden, Dirk's been historically great, and he never like he had failures and mishaps too. That's why I say winning by is a hell of a thing. Now we are like Dirk Nowitzki yes. just never failed. Like yes. I think Dirk Nowitzki should have won the finals in 03 if he doesn't get hurt against the Spurs. But hey, he got hurt. So what can we do? But man, I just look, think revisionist history is interesting. I'll say what y'all won't say. If it wasn't for Franklin High School, Dirk wouldn't have a goddamn thing. All right. If hey, if Mr. 206 Damn. himself, Jason Terry, <laughs> hey, if Franklin High School, Mr. 206 ain't come himself, Jason Terry, and save Dirk ass, Dirk wouldn't have nothing. All right. Yeah, I said it. But but for those Talk of y'all that don't know, and y'all be and y'all talking, Mars, thank you very much. Sir. That's called cooking. That's mm -hmm. called making a point. That's called cooking right there. So, yay. All right. Uh, we got super chats. Mr. Sauce Man123 says, salute the player's choice. 100. New members, Cultured Sonder, Krista Brawley, Dorian Clayton, and player's choice, Dave, gifted 10 player's choice memberships. Salute to anybody that got those memberships. Make sure you comment, like, and subscribe to the channel if you're not already uh another super chat from v rose said best to worst for what they've done all time carmelo harden russ pierce iverson in terms best of what they've done like impact like impact like going forward or best in terms of how good they were on the court like i'm confused best to worst for what because in terms of what they've done iverson is number one in my opinion. right that's that's, that's if we're doing best at basketball i think it's a different list so <clears throat> I'm confused. What what they've done? Oh, then AI is guess. one. AI is taking one. That, take, taking that team I to think, the I think, Paul, I think Paul Pierce is number one anyway. He's spinning. 
In terms of you think impact in terms of what he's nah he's because I think behind? Paul had to wait to get a super team in order to, to achieve to even get to the finals. Right. AI took a AI took a most the most probably the worst team out of all those guys had. So I, I would say like this, I would say AI, I would say then I would say Paul Pierce, I would say uh Carmelo Anthony and then James Harden. The reason why I put Melo over Harden is because Russell Westbrook's not too. You forgot Russ. Yeah, and then and then and then I'll put and then I'll put Russ. But the reason why I will put uh excuse me, I will put uh Russ over Harden because Russ was second best player on that team with uh KD, but and Hart was still coming off the bench. But the reason why I put Carmelo over over those two guys is because Melo did go in the Western Conference Finals and took that team to the he took that team to the limits with against Kobe and those guys. Uh, you know, when he was with the Nuggets. I hadn't seen – I mean, James Harden had a better team. He had a better team than that and, could, and couldn't get – and couldn't get over – and remember, they were picked to beat the Warriors. That year, the Houston Rockets were picked to beat the Golden State Warriors. So – It's the same thing that uh, Mars just got finished talking about when he talked about winning bias because, I mean, if you take that stuff off the table, I mean, Carmelo Anthony should be a member of the 30,000-point club. And also, Russell Westbrook, he averaged a triple-double – four times in five years, was the league MVP, led the league at the league guard spot, led the league in scoring twice, and led the league in assists, I think, three times, three or four times he led the league in assists. I can appreciate the winning logic. I can absolutely appreciate that because that matters, right? That matters. You can't just be kicking ass and, and not winning, right? I definitely get that. But when you're talking about what they've done individually, I mean, I, there's really not much that Russell Westbrook, outside of winning, has not done. There's really not much that Allen Iverson has not done. So if 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 if, I, if I'm thinking about these guys outside of winning, and Russ got to be at the top of that list, twenty five over almost twenty five thousand points. Over AI, after after what he over almost twenty five thousand points. Led the oh, league hold on, but over AI, over AI's impact. Damn, averaging a triple double every team. Oh, no, but before. the answer, man, but but, but Chilltown, it wasn't I, about I, those I, stats. It wasn't about those stats with AI. With AI, uh, it was about his impact. We talk about impact. Check this out. You take AI off them Philly teams, yeah. bro. Those are those are lottery teams. Absolutely, ticket and if you take, those teams, right? And if you take a you, you take a guy averaging a triple double off those teams, I mean, how much more of an impact? How, how much impact? Yeah, but AI have? did more. Yeah, AI did more. AI did more with those teams than what Russ did with his teams without without KD. I'd like to think that Allen Iverson team, went to this one team. It's right. It was over. It's I, I'm not about to say. It's no, 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 no. I'm saying no. I'm saying no, 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 no. Excuse me. I'm talking about the team. I'm talking about when AI was in Philly, he did more with those teams than Russ did with those teams without KD when he was just there by himself getting those triple doubles. But y'all, but y'all, y'all are okay. Y'all are Russ, okay. Russ didn't miss the playoffs. Russ didn't right. No, no, I'm saying they were getting smoked in the first round. AI was yeah, getting the second round some other years too. And AI missed the playoffs, but but y'all y'all are okay with Paul Pierce being in this group with these. Oh, oh, oh time out, time out, but Mars. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how we're doing that. If we're judging off legacy, when you say Mars, when you say that though, don't lie. I mean, it's not not lie because you ain't. I ain't gonna say you lie because you factually told the truth. But don't withhold information. Say why AI missed the playoffs that year. Say that he missed the playoffs by a couple of games because he was hurt. They only yeah. missed the playoffs by like one or two games, and he was yeah. hurt like 10 to 15, 20 games that season. And his impact yeah. was major on that team. That's the only reason why they missed the playoffs. You're right. But when, well, we're, talking about, when, when we're talking about these players' impact, like for, for me, AI's 
and it might not it might not be you. I don't want to just put paint everyone with the same brush. When we're talking about AI's impact, especially on winning, the teams Russ had, especially 17 when they made the playoffs and they lost in the first round. Read the roster. The 17? Oh, uh, Read the roster. Because I can show you because I'll, 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 I'll put I'll put don't it up. But the, the point the point that. I'm getting at is with AI, don't. the in the Chill impact down. in terms you of don't success want to do that, seems to be towards one. I'm gonna do it. You don't want to do that. I'm going to do it. AI's process with last year, man. In the 16, 17 but season, when how, they went to the playoffs. AI wasn't getting anywhere with these. Na- 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 hold on. Name the, the roster, Marsh. Name the roster. The the Russell Westbrook one? Yeah, yeah. Name that roster. Okay. Now, watch this, Chill Town. You, you actually don't even. I, I, I remember who was on that roster. Watch yeah, but we're going to read it. I just don't want to leave anyone out. So, so you got Russell Westbrook. you got Victor Oladipo. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's another dude that's giving you what? How many points? Like 16, 17, 18 again? 16, 16. Right. So name, okay. hold on. Let's start right there, Chill Town. Name me the other guard that was giving AI that production. Okay, first of all, we understand error differences. 15 years apart, how different offenses were. No, 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 no. We understand that. We understand 16, 16 then isn't the same the as 16. Other, but name me the other. Was it Aaron McKee who was averaging 11? Was it, was it? So was see, it, once again, we're going to 01 because if I bring up Jerry Stackhouse, Hold on, but that's guy, his right? first year. We talking about we talking about his first year. He had Jerry Stackhouse, right? But that's his first year. That's one year. Not and, and, and not uh, Jerry Stackhouse was there for a couple years, if I remember. No, no, yes, he was there for one year. Next year, and the next year he was gone. Remember, I think. Yeah, he and, and that's right. And then if I if I bring up if I bring up Dikembe Mutombo's defensive player of the year help, okay, but he only played twenty some games. He got traded. Yeah, I guess he was there before that. Theo Ratliff, all defensive caliber big man. He got hurt. No, they, that's why he got traded. That's why he got traded. He didn't. He didn't get traded. He he was out the rest of the season. They and they traded for Matumba. That's why he got traded. for Matumba. For that reason, no, 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 no. Hold on. My point is, they replaced the defensive player. that's right. That's right. He came back. Right. Hold on, Mars. So that's what I'm saying. Offensive help and defensive help aren't the same thing because that's before Victor Oladipo. Okay, but hold on, Mars. Hold on. See, that's why I'm getting cookie. So now, because mm-hmm. we can look at the defense for the OKC Thunder too, they had defensive yeah, guys on there too. Yeah, we got Andre Robinson. Andre Robinson. Andre Robinson. Yeah. yeah, he was defensive, excellent defensive guy. Stephen Adams. If you want to say he was excellent, no, but he was. He, he was no, he was solid. He was solid. He was a solid defender. And Oladipo was a solid defender. Hold on, hold on. Defender. But stop right there, Marsh. Stop right there. So who you taking, Stephen Adams or Tyrone Hill? Ah, there you go, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. But defensive, def- defensively, sure, I'm with you. But then we carry on with the rest of the OKC roster. We got three defenders. We got Oladipo, decent. Andre Robertson, great defender, and Stephen Adams, a decent defender. Keep this going, the keep going. Of, the rest of the roster, Ennis Freedom. Yeah, hold on. He was giving you a double-double off the bench, right or wrong? No, not a double-double, no. What but, was he averaging? 14 and 7. 14 oh, and 7. 14 and 7. Wait, hold while, while being, while being one of the worst defenders While being one of the worst defenders in the NBA. I don't know. Right okay, away. so Mars. Okay, no problem, Mars. No problem. So I already gave you Tyrone Hill. No problem, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Who was better than him or Matt Geiger? Yeah, he's better than Matt Geiger, sure, but he's also one of the worst defenders. Okay, so keep going. Keep going. I'm gonna cook this boy three to one. Then we've got Alex Sabrinas. All right, I give you that. No, well, all you gotta do is look at AI's roster. AI AI had bona fide scrubs on the end of that roster. I'm talking about the players who are legitimately getting minutes. Alex Sabrinas, okay, keep going. Keep going. OKC Thunder. Alex Sabrinas, you got Jeremy Grant before he was good. Wasn't even a great defender at that time. Jeremy Grant before he was good. We, we spoke about Andre Robertson being a great defender, one of the worst offensive players in the NBA. Right, I give you that. But hold on, but AI had some of the worst offensive players in the league too. Tell the truth. He did, he did. But they All were right, also the on. best defense in the league. Same way OKC was a top ten. <laughs> Mars, you a dirty, you a dirty Wait, dog. Samaj Kristen, you guys remember Samaj Kristen? 
He's most yeah, famous for getting into it with Steph at a jump. Okay, if you, if you remember that season, Shout out so much. He, he had a little <laughs> kerfuffle with, with Steph Curry hey, at Mar, a Mar, hold That's what we will remember Samaj Christopher for. So, so Samaj, Christopher, so, Anthony so, Morrow. I, I ain't even say Eric Snow yet. He was horrible offensively. He was a steady point guard. He was a good uh, get you in the system horrible point guard. Huh? Horrible. horrible I, don't I don't know. I remember horrible. him hitting Eric a little flurry at the game one against the Lakers. Horrible but offense. I'm, I'm, Eric, hey, hold on. Come on. You go, hey, chill town. Don't do this. Hold on. Mars. Hold on one second. Mars. Stand down one second, Mars. Chill town. You better not do this, bro. You better not do this with Eric Snow, bro. Bro, you okay. whoa, 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 As a scorer, I mean, he's not, he wasn't a known jump shooter in the league. No, he was not. Oh, yeah, he, he was not a known. He was not a known jump shooter in the league, but horrible offensively. I don't bro, this is his, this is his average, bro. I, 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 again, once again, ticket. We're talking about a guy. Y'all Eric see it? Snow. Y'all see it, Ron? Right. Y'all see that? Right. That's Eric Snow, bro. Okay. See, see, see. This is what we're talking about when we're talking about a guy, quote unquote, cooking. Okay, when he was playing with Allen Iverson that year, that ticket is talking about. Okay, he averaged seven assists a game that year. Not only did he do that, he also only averaged two turnovers. He was taking care of the basketball. He wasn't a jump shooter. He wasn't a guy who was going to get downhill and score the basketball. That team was predicated on Allen Iverson doing a lot of that stuff. But I if you, you flip that. that around, but if you flip that around, and like Mars just said, you talk about that roster, Russell Westbrook had to do way more. He was their leading rebounder. He was their leading scorer. He was their leading distributor. He did all of those things for them. Allen Iverson was their bucket getter, who also had an elite defender behind him. Allen Iverson was their bucket getter, who had the best rotation player in the league, and Aaron McKee. So when they we're talking about a catcher, they didn't have the defensive player of the year. On the perimeter, they didn't have the best rim protector in, in the game. They didn't have the was best the interior defender. Yeah, but it's, it's, different, it's different when your elite perimeter. It's a, a is different when it's an elete perimeter defender. That was Hold on, really Mars, was Cephalosha still there? No. I don't think Cephalosha was there. Nah, he, he, he might he have been was, in Atlanta. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, he was gone. Now he was gone. Remember, that's when he had his little incident. Remember he hold had his on, incident man. before that? Hold on. It was Russ. Hold on. The lineup was Russ. It was Roberson. It was, it was Russ, Oladipo, Roberson, DeMontis Sabonis as a rookie, and Steven Adams. Mm, that's cold right there, Chill Town. Mm -hmm. Rookie Sabonis? Okay. No, what was Rookie Sabonis averaging that Rookie Sabonis averaged six points and four rebounds shooting. Right, and then you had Enos Kanter coming off the bench. Sh shooting 40% shooting from the field as a bit. Right, but you had Enos Kanter. Borderline superstar. Facts. Yeah, and, and then Ennis Freedom will come in and be one of the worst defenders in the league. Yes. The issue with the right, roster was it was still, so unbalanced. You didn't have there was there was the only person who was, the only person who was decent on both ends of the floor was on a deeper. Everyone else is either you play offense and can't play defense, or you play defense and can't play offense. I, that's I, what I got that's you, what Mars. Mars. You're hilarious, Mars. Because AI had the same type of players. Either they could play defense and wasn't good offensively. I no, I agree. I'm and saying both off, both rosters were tremendously flawed. And I'm saying when we talk about doing more with less, Allen Iverson seems to get painted like it's one year where he did a lot with the bad team, which is 01, and then every other year. But he did I'm more. Hold on. But he did more. Hold on. But in that he, one, he didn't do more, he did less more than any Russ. of the other years. No, no. But in that one year, he did more than what Russ ever did, averaging triple doubles, Mars. Yeah, because Russell Westbrook played in the Western Conference and AI was in the Eastern Conference. But, but AI, hold on, Mars, don't do that, Mars. Don't, don't he do that. was. 
Yeah, Russell Westbrook lost. <laughs> Russell Westbrook lost to the Houston Rockets in his MVP year in a series where the Houston, the OKC Thunder were beating the Rockets in every single minute that Russell Westbrook played. They lost, and Russell Westbrook played at forty-four minutes a game. They lost the series in five games the because never they lost off. every single time Russell Westbrook was off the floor, and that's Mark, why you had that famous interview Mark, again with I'm Russell Westbrook, where they, where they asked Stephen Adams, "I, I want you to, how are you guys losing so much when Russ is on the bench?" He's like, "This is the whole team, not trying to separate us." That's what you happened. They smart. lost because Russ Westbrook wasn't on the floor for 48 minutes. You're disgusting, Mark. I just want you to know. That's, that's a what fact. Happened. That's what happened. what happened. You're disgusting for this, bro. Bro, listen. No, no, no. But he been. But hold on. Mars and you keep talking about. Keep no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, chill. Check it out. And I'm not saying Russell Westbrook's better than AI. I'm not saying that. I'm just check saying they both did have Mars been doing, though. Mars has been on this bandwagon where they have tried to tear down AI to uplift guys like AI's better than Russell I already know Mars's game. I know what he do. They he, he is in a clique that have been currently always trying to tear down AI's legacy. How much so Mars will that? never ride with a AI. Clique is hilarious. No, no, I, no, I, I don't, see this thing. I, I'm it's saying, true I, though. I, it's I, true. I think AI. I think AI is. I think AI is probably better than Russ. He may be better than Russ. Like I'm, I'm 50 50 on it. My point is about the doing more with less thing. It seems to be based on one year. Because outside of that one year, he wasn't doing more with less. Because he got out the first round one time in his career. That's what happened. So, so chill town. When he got with Carmelo, he was AI? using in the hold first on, round. Do you hold on, chill town? Do you agree with Mars? You think that should be held against AI? Did he play in the versus worst playing in the West? Do I think that Russell Westbrook playing in the Do West? Do you agree with Mars when he tried to use that against AI, who was carrying his teams when he said, "Oh, he Say played, he played in the weak East versus Russ playing in a stronger I, I, West." I, 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 don't, I don't do that. I don't do that I'm Eastern Conference. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, we can understand that if someone's going further in the process, weaker versus someone playing in a stronger conference, it doesn't matter how far they go. You don't realize what just happened. Y'all hold on. Yo, oh, Ron. he's gonna go to LeBron James. Hey, 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 yeah, you know it. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, Ron, Ron, this boy Chilltown is the slickest as they come. Chilltown, you are a smart boy, man. I'm gonna tell y'all something, man. Chilltown got great hands, boy. That dude's smarter than he's smarter than anything. Cause chill, you know what they do? You know, and I know. I was waiting for you to say. Yeah, man, because I was going to get the Because I know where you was going. You know, I know where you was going, going Ticket. I know, you, I know where you was about to go. It was like, no, I ain't doing that. No. Let me tell you what Ticket just did. Ticket just walked me to a door and opened up the door, and it's dark down there. And he go, yo, go ahead. Come come, come on in. Yeah. I know now on the other side of that door is a bunch of goons with bats. It's a bunch of goons with bats on the other side of that door. Come hey, on, Bob. Hey, Bob. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you smart, chill, Tim. I was born at night, ticket. I wasn't born last night, though. Yo, fellas, we got to keep it pushing. We got we got a few more minutes left. And we haven't we haven't talked about the Clippers and the Thunder game last night. Paul George went off for 30-38. The Clippers basically took care of the Thunder. It was a good game in the first half. Uh, in the second half, Clippers kind of, you know, took a troll. But uh, how do we feel about this? Do we have any takeaways? Anybody want to comment on this? I've seen Kawhi Leonard be better than Jason Tatum, but that's besides the point. That's, that's Last night? Yeah. You know, see the, you know, see some of those passes he was making? Hey, Kawhi was, Kawhi was dropping some Yeah, like, hey, you know, you know, see like Kawhi in the passing? Hey, it's like he heard me. He's like, yeah, Mark's yeah. cooking. Let me make some I, of these I, reads. I thought that was crazy when I was watching him. And he, he's, he's flipping the ball out to the long ball line. He's getting to the basket. Up and in, I'm thinking, yo, is this the same Kawhi Leonard who does not pass? Did he actually like hear me? What's going on with Kawhi Leonard? That's insane. Kawhi something. Leonard passing the best. No, what, what's going on? Like this dude is now passing the basketball with the best of them. So they just look what what, what they look like. Ron was they look like a young team. 
going up against a vet team last night. Yeah, that's what yeah. they look like more than anything. They look like a young team going up against a vet team, and I think that's that's going to be in addition to them not being able to rebound like that and not being able to man the paint like that. I think that's going to be the difference in the playoffs. They're going to have a they, they're going to have a difficult time with that. Chill, remember that was my thing with OKC. I wasn't even before this before the in the offseason when me and Dama was getting into it. I wasn't saying that OKC sucked. I was just saying they gonna get their ass kicked when it comes playoff time because yeah. they're not experienced enough. When they play when they play against teams like the Clippers, when they play against teams like uh even the Lakers, teams like all these teams that have been around the block, the Heat, if they were to play against them or any the the Nuggets, it's it's just too much. It's too much. It's not only that they're just not experienced enough, Ron. They're just not hey, good hey, enough. Hey, hey, and I'm not saying AI's not better than Westbrook. See, that's why I said you can go ask any NBA player that played. They'll all tell you all the NBA players will say AI, they have AI over Westbrook. All the media and the and the fanboys, they'll say something different. But when I you actually think, talk to the players, this is hold on, this is the same. Hold on, hold on. I want to say this. This is the same argument that guys will have about Kobe. Gilbert Arenas will sit up there on this show and say, hey, man, Kobe Bryant's the best player I've ever seen, I've ever played against. But then he'll say, oh, but LeBron's the GOAT. But then he'll say it's not about stats. But then he'll say the reason why he got LeBron passing. We don't listen to because Gilbert Arenas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He said it's because of stats. So here's what I'm saying to y'all. You guys say that based off the stats that Russell Westbrook accumulated as far as the triple doubles. So that's why y'all saying that y'all think he better than AI. But when you have old school cats, that played the game, guys that have been in the league, guys that have watched both guys their whole career, all the NBA cats say oh, AI. Ticket. No, Ticket, that's they not, that's not good enough. Not even if that's true, Ross Ticket. cut from that same crop, though? Like, he, 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 he is, though. That logic doesn't work, Ticket. It can't just be because you think that he's better because you played in the NBA. Production matters. No, I'm saying, no, 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 chill, chill. And I do think that AI is better. The guys that played AI is better. But we can't take Russell Westbrook's production off the table. We can't do that. Hold on, chill. We're not doing that. All I'm saying is this. This is what I'm saying. And maybe we can say this for a different day, Ron. But when we grade players, see, this is a thing that I be trying. I was trying to say like to Mars all this time, bro. Like the guys who played, like Bob and all us, right? We may not judge guys in numbers all the time as far as just your stats and your production. We may, we may grade you by all the other intangibles that come in and are part of the game as well. That's why guys run around and say Draymond. That's why they say Draymond Green's a Hall of Famer. Not because of his stats alone but because of what they call intangibles and stuff like that that he has in his game so when i talk about ai i'm saying that a lot of players chill town see look at ai and say he got intangibles some intangibles that russ don't have like you know what i'm saying they they feel like that they feel like that's AI, the, which is so like that's not the better than russ that's, so that's yeah the yeah, yeah they right feel like he but, just a notch. but this the thing this the thing though ticket first of all i think everybody whether you ever touch the basketball or not you should agree that Draymond Green is a Hall of Famer. Y'all know I'm not a fan of Draymond Green, but he's a certified Hall of Famer. No questions that, no questions asked, no debate. But ticket, I do disagree that I think even and let's just keep it just in like we could just keep it just NBA players or just like high level pros or whatever you want to whatever however you want to keep it. I don't think those guys all agree with each other. I think there's a lot of guys that disagree. Like I think there's. Some people in the NBA that feel this way, and some in the, I don't. I don't think that we can say, "Oh, Hoopers feel this way." I, I think it's. I don't think it's that cookie cutter or a blanket statement. You know what I'm saying? I, I think there's some some guys in the NBA that look at it more um, like a JJ Redick might look at things, and you got guys in the NBA that might look at it like uh, Kenyon Martin might look at things. You know what I'm saying? And I appreciate. Well, they, they're gonna have. It's gonna be that conversation's gonna come up chill when Russ retires. 
that conversation is gonna come up. With guys like him worse. and AI in that bracket, and they're gonna talk about that. When we got to go. That conversation is gonna come up, Bob. And I'm guaranteeing y'all because when this year, that's what I was about to say, Bob. Even worse, they win it. If they, most of the players are gonna say AI. Watch what I tell y'all. That's what I'm telling y'all. That's why I said to y'all a month ago, two months ago, what happens if this thing actually works? What kind of conversation are we going to be having about this? It's not, it's not working that? because of Russ. Russ ain't, Russ ain't the one that's making That ain't the point, happen. Big Ox. That's not the sacrifice, point. Sacrifice. They're going to bring, they're gonna bring up, they're gonna bring up how AI struggled to start. Oh, my God. Yes. More. Fellas, fellas, we got to wrap it up. We, we no, got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up. Hold on real quick, real quick, Ron. Because they said that shit just to save face for Russ. Russ ain't asked to come off no damn bench. Talu finally made a decision, like, yo, Russ. I'm just saying they're going to bring it up. I'm just saying. And he could, and and, and Big Ox, just so you know, he could have flipped over some tables. He could have been a disruption, but he wasn't. So he sacrificed. Allen Iverson wouldn't have done that. In fact, Allen Iverson said that. Why should I have to come off the bench? Does the best player in the world come off the bench? Does an Olympic gold medalist come off the bench? Does the league leading scorer come off the bench? It's going to be conversations like that if the Clippers end up winning the championship. That's going to happen. I know that you want to hear that, but it is. We will be back at the same time tomorrow with the same crew. Y'all be sure to tap in. Remember tonight, the Mavs versus Lakers game at 8.30 Eastern. We will be on playback. Y'all come check us out. It's going to be epic. Y'all be sure to tap in, definitely. And also remember, too, on playback, in case you didn't know, we are giving away some NBA League Pass membership. So be sure to tap in and get you a chance to win an NBA League Pass membership. And also, we got 20 20 VIP passes anyway. So if you are one of the first 20 people there, you will be able to uh, watch the game for free. Oh, right. And 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 our thoughts and prayers go out to the Golden State Warriors assistant coach. They canceled that game tonight. Yeah, he has a serious condition. That, they canceled the game tonight, so it has to be serious. What's going on with him, bro? Yeah. Okay. Hey, Ron, oh, y'all, gonna reimburse, y'all gonna reimburse me for my league pass? Uh, I already paid for the, the press box is next. You guys be sure to tap in. Uh, somebody sent Ox a super chat to reimburse them. But the press box is next. It's NFL playoff time. Y'all will definitely want to go in there and tune in. Hey, you gonna you gonna you gonna you gonna, re- you gonna read them super chats on playback that you missed right here? <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see y'all on playback.